I am in. And so, as ever, you have things to say about the speed thing. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Okay, I, I see. Here's the thing. I think our listeners don't know. Like that you you write these down, and, and I, I love what you do, but like I don't know what we're gonna talk about. I'm not prepared. You know. <laughs> <sighs> what? We, we might, we'll, make a preparing the, we'll make a preparing the way shirt and we'll make a shirt for you that says I'm not prepared we just gotta find a way to get that in, intonation through typography I'm not prepared <laughs> I live in the woods you live in the woods <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello friends and happy new year uh, <clears throat> we are <laughs> we are recording a professional podcast in the past the mists of time How, how's your new year going John are we always recording the podcast in the past? Is there a way for them to hear it when, uh, hear our podcast when it hasn't been recorded in the past? See, this is why you only gave predestination two and a half stars. No, I think you lack. This is why predestination only deserves two and a half stars because you lack many things. Time flies like an arrow and fruit flies like a banana. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. What was that from? Uh, probably like a Reader's Digest joke book. Huh. I just made I just made a lame joke a minute ago because I was trying to take a nap and I couldn't fall asleep. But but I did have this thought that went through my head. It's a very lame joke. And my lame joke was God never slams the door without breaking a window. Mm-hmm. I think it's an old testament thing. It was a different time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I see I think puns are a low form of humor, but I think word humor can be funny. Mm-hmm. You don't like to laugh. You like apocalypse I like to laugh eye. Just fine. Yeah. How you doing? Are you blue? No. Hmm. Did you make any resolutions for the new <laughs> speaking, year? Speaking of blue. Yes, you there. Uh, Colloidal you silver. Talk about, yeah, you talk about <laughs> a lot of media things. And one of the yeah. things that you've mentioned many times over in the past has been uh the HBO show called Love Has Won. Is it HBO? Yes, right? exactly right. Three three part docuseries on HBO. Uh, and it involves people whose skin turns a bluish tinge because they are ingesting colloidal silver. Yes. Among many other things. And when you mention stuff like that, I'm like, what is he talking about? This love has won. I, the first time you said it, I'm like, uh, I didn't know how to spell it. Was it O-N-E-W-O-N? Uh, is it a <laughs> fictional thing? Whatever. And then I realized it's some docu thing. And then I realized it's about cults. And then you mentioned that people are blue. And I'm, I haven't, you haven't pushed me over the edge to watch it yet, but right, it's getting right. close. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember when the photo went around a few years ago that the Libertarian, I showed this to Billy after mm-hmm. we watched Love is One. Um, do you remember that photo that went around of the purportedly Libertarian guy who turned blue and died? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, like the white balance is off in the picture, but really badly and only on the skin. Yeah, and as somebody who recently had jaundice, I mean, I can find flattering light. The sclera tells the story, you know, it's the whites. Mm-hmm. It's always the whites. Uh, white eyes matter. I got nothing. Um, but the, uh, so I love these kinds of things, uh, when they're good. Right. And, and you probably heard, I'm guessing you heard on Dubai Friday where I was also mentioning, you know, I like both of the Keith Raniere Nexium one light, but I mean, I think they were both well done in different ways. And then I, I watched the one with these dinglings called twin flame. And, uh, I pitched this to Alex and I'm pitching it to others and I, I don't want to pitch it to you. You got stuff to do, but is that like, and this is so unkind, John. You know I'm trying to grow as a person, right? I know you don't agree with the ways I try to grow, but you know I'm trying to be like better and be less hurtful. These mm-hmm. are the dumbest effing people you've ever seen in your life. They're so there's 
they're, I mean, but they're dumb in a frustrating way. As in, like, they're copious. Like, they can talk. They're intelligent enough. It's, you know, it's kind of like Just when you, so Certain wires don't connect. Well, you know what's interesting is, uh, what was it I was watching? But it's something where they were uh, talking about the two kinds of, uh, of memory loss. And I, I think it was in the context of maybe talking about severance, right? Mm-hmm. Where you've got, I forget which is which, but you've got that sort of deep down in your bones, probably different part of the brain sort of memory about what a bicycle looks like and how to spell the name John or like, you know, the way that Helly can name a state, but she doesn't know her mother's name. That there's mm-hmm. that kind of, I guess, amnesia. I don't know the right word for it, but we're like, you forget all of your like biographical information and your relationship, like all that kinds of stuff, but you can still like walk around and be a person the same way that Helly walked around and was a person. And like all these people are walking around and they, they seem like they're clean and know where to find food and stuff. But to hear them talk, is you, you're gonna love it because there's jargon. You hear phrases like, "Oh man, I would never go to a 3D hospital." You know, I would only ever go to a 5D hospital. You know, talk, talking about because of the fifth dimensions and stuff. Yeah, right. And anyway, I, I would pitch it to anybody out there who enjoys wackadoo cult stuff. Not least because, in my opinion, it's very well done. And I don't want to say too much more about it, except if you like stuff like I like, I recommend it. And on top of the cherry on top is like, these are events that for purposes of the documentary concluded, I think in like 2020 at the earliest, like all the stuff that happened with mother God and all the, that all happened very quickly. A B the access that they've got to these people and the place where these weirdos lived. I say that with respect um, is incredible. And then just the fact that they turned it into a documentary and put it on HBO in less than a year or two is really remarkable. But the, the colloidal silver stuff is interesting. You know, it's, there's those things you hear, like the thing I used to say that's slightly impolitic now is like, there's never a good day to stop smoking crack or a phrase people used a lot about the most recent president before Mr. Biden was if you decide to ride a tiger or find yourself riding a tiger, there's never a good day to get off. Right. You're familiar with this mm-hmm. genre of analogy. And like the thing is, once you're in, once you're bought in, in a, a phrase that's used by folks, professionals in this documentary, I, I, I must have heard this before, but they don't, they don't use the word cult, although you certainly could. They call it high control groups. So, you know, all the things we tend to look for from sort of a, like a clinical outside in thing, controlling your access to other people, controlling your access to information, food, sleep, all those kinds of things. Like, if it's not a cult, it's missing its best bet. But, uh, yeah, that's the woman. This is the one Mother God. She's the woman I described as Manson Family Pretty uh, and a laundromat eight. Very un- uncharismatic, even by laundromat standards. Yeah, it seems like, uh, I don't know what, what came first, but it seems like uh, the executives who fund these type of things are like, hmm, the next thing we're pretty good. Can we get some more of those? And there's no shortage of cults. So they just find one. Send well, and it's, it's like every time I Boom. flip on Netflix, boy, there's, 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 couple three channels right now that I'm, I'm kind of giving the stink eye um hulu i mean hulu's still fine for, we have it for live tv although fubo covers most of that but like disney foo, i am not extracting a lot of value out of disney these days really honestly mm-hmm. uh we own we bought so many of the movies that we would otherwise you know watch on on Disney Plus, and it's it's got nice stuff. It's good. It's cool. But like they peaked early, and like I, I don't know what the future looks like for Disney 
the the Disney plus the channel, but, um, but you know, I continue to look to HBO for great stuff like this. And I guess the reason I mention this is every time I turn on Netflix and it's just like, Oh my God, just waves and waves and waves of so much murder. And like, there's just a lot of like too much murder. But here's the thing. Here's my insight is that I think I might be like that about high control groups, pyramid schemes. There's certain kinds of stories that get at something that fascinates me about the American psyche that, uh, American psyche in particular, honestly, uh, that, that I'm very attracted to things like that. And I thought, I thought love has one is very well done. We'll find it for Shannon's. Yeah, I have to be in the right mood to watch one of those things. I don't mm-hmm. know what made me eventually watch the Nexium things, but you had talked about it for a while before I dove in, and I have such a backlog. There's a lot of good shows that are coming out, and well, it's not that the backlog is that big. It's that a lot of these shows that came out recently are in the list of shows that I watch with my wife, and watching anything with her takes a much longer time because we have to, you know, have a schedule where we're both ready to, to watch something. Both turn your key. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes. She likes to go to bed earlier than I do, so it's not like I can, you know, binge an extra couple of episodes if I'm getting into it because that's not how it works when you're watching a show together. So, yeah, I have something that's not a suggestion. Um, it is merely an observation, which is I find this. I think everybody finds those challenges in like having a low key, easy thing to do with your person. Right. Like, and it's difficult sometimes to coordinate that. I think one way to succeed at that, I mean, I guess communication, that's good if you can pull it off, but, but honestly don't have more than one of those at a time. If you can. Oh no, we don't. That's the part of the problem. We do one at a time and it just takes so long. We have, we kind of have two. We're, we're both watching. I watch every episode of the curse. The second it goes up. Um, we watched the Gilded Age, all three of us. We all love the Gilded Age. Yeah, that, that's the, the Gilded Age. Speaking of that, that's the other technique I do is I audition the show. We've talked about this before. I audition sure did, the show. Yeah. And then I circle back and I say, okay, I've watched all of this and you will like it. And we did that with the Gilded Age. I had watched all season one when it originally came out. I kind of forgot about it. Until I can't even explain why I like it, but I do. <laughs> I yeah, mean, well, I mean, it's easy to explain. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's opulent. It's, it's well done. This it, cast it's very is wonderful. Much, you know, it's the, it's Julian Fellows, it's Downton Abbey guy. And we, I watched Downton Abbey with my wife. We both loved it. Right. And so this is a clear win for her. But I, I remember I had watched season one and I was like, yeah, and I just forgot about it. And then season two came out. I'm like, oh no, we got to We got to circle back. We got to, I'll take you through. Season. I thought she'd actually already watched season one. She's like, no, I've never seen it. So we just went through season one and I think she's up for season two. But uh, before that, we're taking a break and going through the uh, final half of The Crown. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, I'm not saying anything. Um, it's difficult. So, like, we'll watch the, the Curse sort of staggered. We're both watching it. The only other, like, I'm trying to think of any other current new shows that we're watching new episodes of, and the one that comes straight to mind is Fargo. Like, I love Fargo the movie. I love Fargo the TV series. And I really like and recommend this season of Fargo. I mean, in in a way, it's like, this is going to sound so strange, but it's almost like the third Doctor years, like where it's all mostly on Earth and it's unit stuff and things like that. Like, this one's a little bit different. It's got a lot more action. I mean, it's got an, an actor from a show a lot of us have enjoyed uh, over the last few years who's in a surprising and I think very well done role, fun casting. Um, but like what you're describing though, and I, I, we have talked about that. The, the whole, like, what are you, what are you calling it? Like pre-screening it or like vetting it? 
audition. I audition. audition. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, for me, that's that's a lot of things. And like, there, this is why I think, in a way that you and others might find quizzical, is like, how is it that you've seen the first episode of this show three times? Well, do the do the arithmetic. I watched you once on my own on a flyer. I thought it was good. I got my wife provisionally into it. We watched it, and then eventually we coaxed or pseudo forced Junior into it just because it was what we kind of wanted to have on. But like a weird one right now is I've kept meaning to go back and watch For All Mankind. And everybody in the family seen the first episode at least once. I think I've seen it three times. And I'd finally... The, the first episode of season one? Yes. Oh, the the setup. Go. Yes. But I Googled around a little bit and it sounds like a lot of people especially like the first season. So... Oh, the whole show's great. The whole show's great. You got a good, lot of good, good. stuff. Well, Merlin twenty twenty three has no qualms about just jumping into season four if everybody loves it. No, but don't do that. Start a season one. I understand. I understand. What 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 I got from that without anything. I mean, like, what's all it's speculative, right? Is that like the the challenging part is like you start with July of nineteen sixty nine and something happens, and then fairly rapidly by the time you get to Molly showing up, you're getting to a very divergent timeline. And how can that not be anything but extremely divergent? And that's the fun of it, right? But, um, and now we're all watching that together and I think Junior even likes it. So like I had gotten up to, well, pop, I'd gotten to like landing, uh, do you remember the Shackleton Crater landing with Molly and Joel mm-hmm. Kinnaman? Okay. So I think that's five or six probably, but I'm, I'm fine to go back and watch it again as long as everybody is actually watching it. Otherwise, I'm just going to put on YouTube videos and make you guys leave. Well, this show is uh, is perfect slash terrible for you slash your son because it is an excellent opportunity for you to explain. Because they do they do the thing that's ridiculous. Like, in, right. as you're right, that, in that's reality. That's Gene Kranz. That's Gene Kranz. That's the Ed Harris character from Apollo 13. Well, His wife makes that, him the like, best. <laughs> as, as you go on, you know, like in, in reality, once timelines start diverging, they would diverge in ridiculous ways. But because it's a TV show, they can't do that. They want to. Right. They have to keep have Nixon like, in office, for yeah, example. Exactly. And they, and as they go through the years, you have to be like, oh, see what they're doing here. What actually happened was X, but what they're making happen is Y, which is a little bit like X or the opposite of X or a humorous commentary on X. Uh, because it's all stuff that happened in our lifetime, but not in your son's lifetime. <laughs> well, and and like there's this phrase I use a lot. I probably overuse a lot, which is like it. You know, we, t- we that's a phrase I used in our most recent episode talking about the JJ first JJ Star Wars movie and how it the way I put it which is not an original thought is that it's not the same story as star Wars, but it rhymes with star Wars in a lot of ways. You keep saying that because George Lucas says it. And I cringe every time you do that. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I'll, I'll stop doing it. When it's I'm came, to it came out of the lotto machine. You aren't aware of it. That's where it came from. Just FYI. No, it's not. It was George. It was George Lucas it trying to explain. It was not. The Phantom that, that, Menace. I, 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 that is a phrase that I use and I'm using it in this context is you you have some kind of weird Star Wars on the brain that makes you no, think no, it, I mean, if, it, if, if that's the case, this is an amazing coincidence because George Lucas literally said this when describing the prequels. Hmm. Hmm. So it's not like some other random thing you heard. It was Star Wars. It's because we both come from that car culture in Modesto. Mm-hmm. You know, we love our hot rods on a Friday Cruising, night. yeah. But here's the thing. Like, how much... Have you watched any of the seasons of Fargo? I watch all of them except for the most recent, and the most recent is on the list. Okay. But it's a show that I'll watch. Not the question I asked. So yes, you answered that question. Um, well, you know, one of the things that's fun about that, and I won't use that 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 verb you dislike be, because of George. Um, mm-hmm. But you know how there'll be things that happen on the show that if you like 
roughly seem to sort of parallel things that happened in one way or another or or mm-hmm. ca- similar characters like I mean, this is practically, honestly, I said this to the, to the family the last time we were watching the, the latest episode. I was like, it is interesting how there's so many things about Coen Brothers movies that like are, I don't consider them cliches. I consider them like trademarks or, you know, uh, signature. Signatures. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, so like John Goodman yelling. Like nobody deploys <laughs> John Goodman yelling like the Coen Brothers. Like starting with Raising Arizona, obviously including Barton Fink. And, you know, the big Lebowski, but like the use of that cat, those, those cast members, the use of Roger Deakins, all those kinds of things. But like, there's often a, a big, scary monster man. I, I, it's probably a better name for this. Like you movie people probably have a name for this, but like going back to, in my mind, uh, you know, the, the, oh, she was Randall Tex Cobb in Raising Arizona, uh, John Goodman. In several movies, including Oh Brother We're Out Thou, but you know, a large, like oversized, like mythical in that in the case of Oh Brother Where Art Thou, it's he's literally, you know, Cyclops. He is uh, from from Greek myth. But you know, and every season seems to have like a maniac. Like first season, it's Billy Bob, right? Um, they got one in this season too, who is in many ways very similar to the Peter Stormare character in the titular nineteen ninety-six movie. And there are just, it's like, I, Fargo is absolutely one of my favorite movies. And like, it's very satisfying to me the way that they will pick up on things that happened in the Fargo movie. And they're using the music, they're using that same opening, you know, names have been changed, blah, blah. Um, And I, I find that incredibly satisfying, especially when they find a way to take it and turn it. Which I think they're doing really nicely this season. Kind of like the uh, the platinum age television version of the comforting rhythms of sitcoms of our youth. You know what I mean? But like yeah, just yeah, so yeah. much more drawn out, right? But you know, it's it's also the speaking of Star Wars that the old saw at this point about how like now the best Star Wars is being made by people who grew up as like Star Wars fans, and it's like you know. I think, you know, if you look at it as kind of like a black box, you go like, oh, well, there's these kinds of things. It's a reboot. It's a remake. It's a this. It's a that. I went to the comic store today, and we were talking about the how, you know, Disney's or Marvel's got the rights back now for X-Men, finally. And the way they're going to do an X-Men movie sounds very cool. Like, as in, like, it's going to be not like the Ultimates universe, but it's not going to be the same universe. And they have the freedom to do that. And I don't think they'll DC it up. I think they'll do a good job with that. I'm intrigued by stuff like that, but I'm also intrigued by stuff where like, if you were not familiar with, maybe not the source material, but if you were not familiar with the referent, like you wouldn't lose anything, but it's so sort of like what we're always saying, like watch it from the beginning in so many cases, like, or like me talking about like Day of the Doctor, you talking about Day of the Doctor, like you're going to get so much more out of this if you understand what it is that they're nodding to. And I, I find that satisfying and sometimes very like, even like intellectually satisfying in a way that like forces me to rethink how I feel about the original text as well as what they're doing with the new stuff. A lot of good TV out there. Yeah. Who to thunk Fargo a movie we all love. They're like, Hey, we're going to make a TV show. Oh, what are you going to just do? You're just going to tell the, the story from the movie on a television show? No. Oh, so it's going to be the Fargo expanded universe. Yeah, no, not at all. We're going to do ex- yeah, stories in the expanded Fargo universe. And you're like the expanded Fargo. What? Just trust yeah. me. Uh, the moral of the story is if you just let good writers and good actors make a good TV show and you mm-hmm. give it the barest of hooks to get it funded, oh, it's like that movie that was very popular, give us money, then you essentially get cover to make a good TV show. 
This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, whether that's your products, your services, or even the stuff that you make. You can just sell it all right on your own site. Sell it. Just go and sell it. It's Squarespace. Just... God, it's so cool that you can do that. I guess I, the point I'm trying to make is that Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. It's Squarespace. Okay, this is, this is a new one. I have, I, this, is, this is new to me. It's called Fluid Engine. Okay, Fluid Engine. And this is Squarespace's next generation website design system. Woo! Uh, insert theremin sound here, Jim. To unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. You start with the best-in-class website template. You customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology. I got to get into this. Uh, for desktop or mobile, you can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. It's built in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site. Uh, we mentioned this before, but, but you know, a little bit of history repeating. You, you, you can sell your products on an online store. That's still crazy to me. I'm of an age where having your own store is kind of a big deal, you know, like Mr. Hooper or what have you. Uh, so whether you sell physical or digital uh, stuff, you know, uh, Squarespace is the tools you need to sell online. And, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 you can also do blog stuff on your site. You know, you can do that. They have payment, different kinds of flexible payment options. They got this new asset library. I could spend a week. I don't even, you know what? I don't even know how long it would take me to learn all about the, the, the new Squarespace. I use kind of an old Squarespace because I'm, I'm old and fuddy-duddy, but, but I am a fan. And I have ha, 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 always been a fan of Squarespace since uh, Christ was a corporal, as my uh, professor Mac Miller used to say. Uh, and, uh, and so the Roderick on the Line podcast, that's hosted on Squarespace. My personal sites are on Squarespace. And, and maybe most uh, saliently uh, for, for you and, and your uh, companions, Squarespace is where I really like to point people who need a place to be, a place to have, a place to inhabit on the public uh, internet. Uh, Squarespace is where you go. I, I've, I can't, I, well, for privacy reasons I shouldn't get into, the number of uh, places, sites, people, things I've set up on Squarespace. And the best part was I just got people started and they were more than happy to do the rest themselves and keep it updated because it's so fun and Squarespace really does make it a dottle. Now, they don't mention that here in their uh, Fs and Bs and their, their features and bullets, but I think that's a pretty damn big deal, is that it's a lot of fun to use Squarespace. And uh, you could take a normal person, uh, a, a, a neurocomputer typical person, and they're going to still really enjoy doing this. Big fan. So anyway, you go. To, it's very early here. I just I just woke up, and it's a new year. Happy New Year. Uh, so, so what you do is you go to squarespace.com slash diffs. The C-A-F-F-S. I mentioned it's early. And you get a free trial. Then when you're ready to launch your new website on the public internet, you go to squarespace.com slash diffs and use our offer code D-I-F-F-S. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Squarespace.com slash diffs, offer code diffs. When you sign up, 10% up, and up, boo, show you support for John Syracuse. Zip up. <laughs> scat was free free scat for squarespace that's my favorite guided by voices record our thanks to squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of relay fm i'm not a proponent of the great man theory but i mean i think it doesn't hurt to have noah holly you know working on it but um yeah yeah 
No, you're right. You're right. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff. John, uh, this week we have we have a topic, and but we begin as ever with uh, follow up. This begin, is exciting yeah. follow up. You're getting, getting a great lessons from Marco here. Twenty minutes in, let's begin. Yes, let's start with follow up. The first segment. What do you want me to do differently, in. John? Uh, I'm going to tell you what. Get to the follow up faster. For what reason, John? Because it's the first thing in the show. No, it's not. The first thing in the show is whatever we talk about. The first thing <laughs> oh, in the show no. is wherever Jim That's decides where to drop wrong, the edit. Sir. The map is not the territory. <laughs> you're not the territory. I'm right about the territory. It's so fun to listen to the raw version. <laughs> it's so fun to listen to you guys futzing around. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really that's funny. What, that's what people pay the big bucks for. I know. That's why I pay you big bucks. You're yeah. very, you, you seem very ungrateful. You've never thanked me. You should, you should ask your wife for a gift membership. You ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I already think I already know what I'm getting. I'm the one who collects the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, one follow-up item. Here we go. That's um, a big one, John. 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 Syracuse rules. What did you do, John? Oh God. So anyway, January fifth. Hi everybody. This happened. <laughs> this happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. This is where my remark about future and past will, will come together. Is in the, in go. this part of the discussion, John. John, what did you do back all the way back in well, December? What did you do, John? couple episodes ago uh we were discussing the potential utility of chapter markers and i said the most important use of chapter markers in our specific show is probably to mark the dividing point between the regular episode and the members only after show people have people have repeatedly requested that yes and if you if you go to relay.fm slash rd slash join you can become a member and what that means is you'll get a special feed where you where every other episode has Extra content after the end of the regular episode. Not, it's, it's cool, though, because like the member, just so you all know, I, I like this personally. I, I like that the member part, you'll hear a little guitar riff that you don't normally hear. That's free. We're just throwing that in along with the wallpaper. And then it goes right in to the, uh, to, to the, to the member part. So you're going to see this, this, this big-ass download. You're going to get it, and there's going to be so much content jammed in there. Because yeah. like, and people want it away. I, I mean, to, to, to jump straight to the after show? Just like get past the end of that part and get to the next. Well, so if, if you were to become a member now, you would get access to all of the past members only episodes and you'd be like, well, that's great and all. But if I want to hear one of the after shows from a past episode, how do I find it? If I go download the whole members only episode from 10 episodes ago or something, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle there of the episode is the marker where the regular episode ended and the rest is the after show. But where? And yeah, you can look for that kind of guitar riff, mm-hmm. but then you're scrubbing around or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be nice if we used MP3 chapters to mark all those spots? Well, we can't slash didn't go back and modify all the MP3s to put in chapters because those chapter markers are embedded in the file itself and we would invalidate all the existing files, yada, yada. So we didn't do that. But we did the next best thing, which is in the show notes, which hopefully everybody knows how to find. Obviously, you can go to the website, relay.fm slash RD and see the show notes. But if you have a decent podcast uh, client player app on your phone, it should show what we call the show notes, which is a bunch of text and HTML that's associated with the episode. Wait a minute. You're saying besides the audio, there's another component to that that's yeah, like written? It, every podcast client will show it in a different way. Anyway, in that text, <laughs> I have added for every episode that has an after show, I have added a line of text that says, hey, the after show begins at, you know, one hour, 34 minutes, 28 seconds. And that is all, all episodes that I have to show is our episode 134 up until, you know, the current episode 222 or whatever was the last yeah. uh, one with the members only after show. 224 yeah 223 yeah and the way it works is i think we did like after shows on 134 through 137 and then after that all the even number episodes have after shows but anyway if you ever wanted to become a member and hear some of the after shows 
Now you have a way to find them. It's manual. You look at the show notes, you see the, the, the timestamp, you move the little scrubber so you get the timestamp, but at least you don't have to do the work. And yeah. you'll be asking yourself, how did, how did I do that? How did I find the, the part where the after show starts? Did I go through every single episode and you move the little scrubber until I heard Merlin's little guitar riff? Was it Auken said, John? No, I did not move the little scrubber until the guitar riff because that would have taken forever because there's like 50 ap- episodes mm. and I'm not going to move the scrubber around for 50 episodes trying to find that stupid guitar riff. Uh, how do you think I did it, Roland? I I I want to guess, but like it's so like knowing that a feature request of mine in Descript is an ability to identify a kind of sound. I wonder if you use something like AI in some form or fashion, like Whisper or something, to look for a certain gap. Or did you find like a certain? I, I imagine you knowing you and how you use your your, your different uh, slashes. Like I'm guessing you were looking for something that was repeatable, which is probably. Uh, I'm guessing something, not AI, but like like AI. What'd you do? Well, as Todd Vizieri knows, the answer is, I used a computer. Use a computer, your home computer. The computer does it for you. If mm. you use a computer, it just does it for you. I don't know if you know that. Um, hmm. Yeah, so hmm. obviously I'm not going to do it manually. I'm going to use a computer. How do I don't know. Yeah, I did. Funny that you mentioned that. I did, as I do usually these days, as part of sort of my continued exploration of this i gave the uh, the AI chat thingies a shot at this. You know, the bard one, the the... The, what is the Bing, the Bing one, uh, chat GPT, open AI. Why mm-hmm. not give him a shot? I've, I can describe the problem pretty succinctly. I could say, hey, uh, write me some code to do this thing. Because what I wanted was a program that I could feed an MP3 for, and it would throw me back a timestamp. Yeah. Um, and these AI things, uh, they wrote a bunch of things. And I initially asked, I didn't ask for a language. I just said, just give me some code. I didn't say what language it should be in. Uh, they tended to pick Python as their default language. I hate Python, but whatever. I mean, if you're just going to save it as a .py, who cares? Yeah. Unfortunately, the code that they gave me was mostly fictional, involving libraries <laughs> and method calls that do not exist. It would be cool if they did, because the methods... You run methods... into that sometimes, John. I got to tell you, you run into stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty. Again, that's the beauty of asking a programming question. You'll find out real quick if it's made up. <laughs> it just, it won't work, right? Or that library won't right. exist, right? And so I asked for it in different languages, and it was very inventive. All these things were very inventive about coming up with libraries. Even when I asked for the Perl one, I was particularly impressed because it gave me real libraries, but they did not do what it thought they did. If you look at the name of the library, it looks like, oh, this probably finds audio within other audio, but that's not actually what the library does. So it would it would, it would say, you should oh, use this library and call this method. And the method would either not exist or not do what it thought it did. But it was like, you're close. I can see how you made this mistake, but you're totally wrong. So in the end, I had to do it the old fashioned way, which is Googling for <laughs> uh, what I wanted. And what I wanted was a program, a, a library they could find a sound sample within a larger sound. Oh, file. no so kidding. I, so that's you did do that. That's so cool. Yeah, so I, I cut out the guitar riff, which is very easy to do. If you go to any of our episodes in an audio editor, you'll see that little guitar riff. It's nicely separated by our editor. So I pulled out that audio clip, uh, and that's the thing I wanted it to find. That's sort of the needle. And then the haystack is the MP3s. Uh, and I came up with a little script that did this. And once I got it to work for one file, then I just looped over all of the episodes, all the members-only episodes. How is this searching? Is it using like FFmpeg or something? What's how's this searching audio? Uh, it was it was using Python. I don't know if I still have it open. It was using oh. a Python like uh, perceptual, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not just looking. It's not just looking for byte ranges because it's obviously it's MP3. It's encoded. not looking for a guitar. It's looking for some kind of a range of yeah. Something it's that kind of like a fuzzy this. matching type thing for audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what the library does. It's really so order. cool that you could do that. And then I'm just wrapping that library. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was pretty straightforward to do. And then it was just a matter of looping over all the files and spitting out the answers. And then, it, you know, the only tedious part was manually copying and pasting it into the show notes for 50 episodes. But 
uh, that all works. So anyway, uh, if you become a member or if you already are a member and you're interested in hearing the, the after shows, remember that they are roughly the even numbered episodes starting around 134 for now. Uh, and look in the show notes and the timestamps are all there. And if you are not a member and you're looking in the show notes, you're like, hey, where's the timestamp? You're not going to see it. It's only <laughs> members only episodes. I didn't add it to the show notes for the non-member. That, that this is I have an in-band question and I have um, a real-time question and I have uh, my own piece of follow-up follow back um so i went in and looked at that we talked you know about today about like the thing where like some podcast apps can interpret something in ticks as a, a timestamp link and blah blah but anyway uh so does the so the thing is if you are a member and you you will get a feed and it's pretty cool it'll say like reconcilably differentiated which is the name we somebody pick for some reason reconcilable differentiated especially for john syracusa it's like this is your custom yeah that's a feed. that's a change that uh memberful did recently and uh i think the suits are not exactly hyped about it but anyway they will say that now. i just don't want to creep people out but but anyhow um what's gonna happen is so when you do uh subscribe you'll get a feed and you download it. you won't you don't need to watch your other one anymore unless that makes you happy but you'll get that now, here's the thing you will see that reference to a timestamp in the notes in your podcast player. Now, the question is, so question number one, you did not put that in the public-facing reconcilable differences notes, correct? I did not. Okay, well, here's the thing. Is, can you, is there a site to go to for show notes? Because like, I think the only link I see is relay.fm. It's, I think the only oh, you mean place like you if will, they can't see it, if they can't see the it only place you player? can and will see this is in your podcast player. Yeah, right. There so is no to, website to, for it. To deal with that in the show notes for the episode you're listening to right now uh, for the public episode, because this episode does not have members only content. It's just a regular episode. There is no members only special. I mean, there is, but it's the same as the regular one uh, yeah. without ads, obviously. Anyway, if you go to relay.fm slash RD slash whatever number this episode is going to be, which I think is, is 225. Yeah, relay.fm slash RD yeah. uh, slash 225. In the show notes, visible on the web for this episode, I'm going to put the timestamps for all the members only episodes that are before. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So just at least there'll be one comprehensive place. If you just want to see one web page with all the timestamps and the episode numbers, I'll just put them all in this episode. Well, and thank you very much for doing that. Can I, can I offer my complimentary follow-up? Sure. And this is where it's such a shame that you didn't understand uh, the movie Predestination. Um, mm -hmm. it, it strikes me that it's one thing to... I'm generally pretty good, I feel like, at not over-promising and under-delivering. I'm certainly better than I used to be, like, empirically. But it's one thing to promise stuff in the future, and it's kind of another thing to promise something in the past. And given that, we, sorry guys, this will just be a minute. Just, just follow me on this. So this episode, we're recording this episode on December 19th. It's still the season of lights here. Uh, this episode will come out on January 5th, but in the intervening time, in two, three days, which would be the 20, one, two, three, 22nd, um, eight, episode two, two, four will come out. Okay. What you're listening to. I'm so sorry. You should have called in during the elderly cats episode. Um, you're, you're, what you're listening to right now is 225, which only matters insofar as 224 will have been out for two American weeks when this one comes out. And I'm going to make a promise to the future and the past that I'm already working on. But just so y'all know what happened, if you see it, we're going to try a novel experiment this week, which is I'm, I'm back over the weather. 
and, uh, and, and feeling more with it. And so this will be the episode, if all goes as planned, this will be the episode uh, 224 will be the first episode that has chapter markers in it. And are you bought in on my idea for this experiment and how I would conduct it? Yes, Having seen I'm, all, I'm all on board. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Don't spoil it. Okay, well, in that case, Hakuna Matata. But like, yes, it will include, when appropriate, obviously, it will include a link to... Uh, I guess 224 will be the first one where we test this, where it will have a whole bunch of wackadoo chapter markers. Um, I can pretty much guarantee. And it will have the uh, the very clearly marked place to jump to where the member episode starts. I just I only mention it here because chronologically, which is how many of us experience time ordinarily, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm kind of working at two things here. There's the one coming out in a few days. There's the one coming, this one, which comes out as we sit here in over two weeks. So I just wanted you to be aware of that if you're freaking out. I'm not prepared to promise or commit to that being a thing I do forever. I think in part our next step, because it's not difficult to do if we do it the way I'm doing it. Having me do it manually, like in the same way that I've been slowly trying to move away from spending three hours on notes every week at least, Right, I'm not ready to commit to this being a thing where I make you bespoke chapters with art for every episode. In fact, I'm, I'm not committing to that at all. What I'm what I'm committing committing to in retrospect is that that previous episode and this episode, if all goes to plan, will have chapters with markers in it. And it came directly from, in my opinion, it came from your feedback, listeners. You told us you wanted this. Um, uh, people made made a good case for like why they want it, and I, I'm in. And um, remember how you said you were looking forward to me coming around. Yeah, well, actually, as I've said, I've related to you many, many times, and I'll say now to the listeners, I think the most important thing is going forward to have just one chapter marker which delineates the regular show from the F show. Everything else after that is So look, look at 224 as a treat. And, and if you get yeah. it again, you get uh, what you get. And it's kind of silly. You'll see, you'll see, look back you'll at 224. You'll see it. It's going to be silly. It's, yeah, it's Do silly you want to tell fun, them the two letters that will be uh, inflicting chapter markers upon our listeners? Would you like to tell, tell them what two letters, or shall they guess? What two letters? Well, yeah. Um, oh, a dot i, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's not sustainable. But yeah, I, I, I think you don't have to be involved in this at all. We can just, we can just ask Jim to put one chapter marker. That's if I just do the thing I'm planning to do for this one. It's crazy easy because not only will it do the the chapter <laughs> nonsense for me, but then it will again make that audio with MP3 proper chapter markers but it won't find where the after show is like i'm saying we should put it manually i'll I'll do that don't worry i'll do that manually to be sure but um anyhow uh i thought it'd be a fun fun for a larf and uh we'll see how it goes and you know it's difficult you know it's difficult it's it's, it's why predestination in part is such a good movie is that you know you have to it's cumulative like organic chemistry i've been told i i wouldn't know i I gotta see in chemistry c is for chemistry says cooking (laughs) yeah no that's not how grades work robble robble what do you mean what do you mean Seeing chemistry, you're saying I didn't get what? What are you saying? Being biology? I'm saying like, because the, the class begins with a C, it doesn't make the letter grade mm. C any better. I think it affects it. Does it? It's like the, I think it's like the pig and the chicken, don't you think? No. Because you, you know about the pig and the chicken, the, the, the you, know, <laughs> you know that story? I do know that story. What about where you cut the ends off the roast? Do you know that story? I do. What about, what about, um, um, uh, what what about that all the way down joke? You ever heard that one? You're trying to do the turtles thing? Is that what you're going for there? Well, it's, it's one of the versions. Some people say elephants. I think in the version with Richard Feynman, it's it's usually turtles. 
I found the Python library that he used, by the way. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's SciPy because everything has to be a Python pun. Now, is that the duck with psionic powers, John? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, fundamental mm. algorithms for scientific computing in Python. I was using Meep in particular mouth. the signal library from SciPy. Um, we need to get on with the show because you think I take too long to make this enjoyable to people, and, and that hurts me. But um, I have been diligently playing with making GPTs in a directed way. So mm-hmm. one that got a little bit of exposure to my friends today was I have indeed created just the minimally viable GPT title, which is I just throw all my celebrity height information into a GPT. And then I, you know, it's really, you've made a GPT, right? You've gone through that process of like walking through and asking questions and stuff. Have you gone through that? I have not, but I'm trying to find you uh, the image that is in my mind when you're talking about this. Uh, okay. You'll have to tell me, you have to remind me because I've already forgotten what I'm talking about. There is some stuff that it is pretty good at. Regrettably, one of the things in my experience, in however long it's been since they launched making your own GPTs, one of the things I'm banging my head against the wall a little bit is um, what I perceive as just like a weird technical glitch or or similar, which is like, like okay, so so I, 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 I shared a screenshot. I'm not ready to share it with people yet because I don't make things public until I understand what it really does to the best of my information. Like I need to know which files you can download from this. Usually, you know, there's things under knowledge but like, if you've got an account, like you can go and make one. It's cool. It walks you through it. It's really neat. And it asks you a lot of questions. It sometimes weirds out and like, it just has errors like any web app, I guess. It's not the most reliable web app. I can't tell which part of the stack is not working. The maddening part is though, the one I'm really working on is one about my health. And so I have access to so many health records from the last month of my life. I've spit them all out just for my own sanity as JSON. Like they could be CSV, but ChatGPT plays better with JSON. So I've been spitting out a ton of JSON on the reg. You upload that. And the thing I keep running into is like, it seems to keep, even if it's something I uploaded a couple days ago, what we're talking about here is I'm using an app. uh, I could look it up for notes, but basically it's an app that I use alongside Apple Health on my iPhone, which uh, lets you select the kinds of things you want to export. Most of those apps really do specialize in, as you probably know, one of like one or all of three things usually it's like your your steps in fitness right your sleep or some health condition like your heart or your glucose or those kinds of things which are all fine what it doesn't spit out is all the other stuff that lives in that tab nobody looks at which is where i have lived for two weeks as of today like i have lived in that tab looking at lab results looking at you know it's just, let's just say I've had a lot of hospital. <laughs> and um, But there's one app, which I will find just because it will drive me crazy if I forget it. There's only one app I found. Well, there are, I, I'm, I'm utilizing a pretty good like heart-specific app that also happens to be good at spitting out your workouts and stuff like that. Um, but the one that I'm using and loving, it's a $5. I told my shrink about this. It's like a $5 one-time purchase. It's called Health Record Export. And it does, I mean, it's got radio buttons, but it does one thing. Start date, end date. And then what stuff do you want exported? Allergies. No, no, no. Understand, like, you don't see this in a ton of these, like, I, I do stuff with health. Like, you know, it's like almost like Netflix where, like, Apple Health is happy to, like, gobble up stuff from Wythings or Kinza or, like, whatever that is. But, like, there are precious few apps for, like, actually monitoring an active health condition. 
in a way that's not just the scrolly scrolly of Apple Health, which is maddening. Check this out, though. So I can say November 1st to December 19th, output, allergies, clinical vitals, conditions, insurance coverage, immunizations, lab results, medications, and procedures. Hit export. Boom. 2.6 megs of JSON in my iCloud folder. And the thing is, I, I already have seen in the last few days since I made this, like, it's bananas. Like, I, because again, like with ChatGPT, one of the things, I know everybody hates ChatGPT, but one thing that it's been great at for weeks is you can go in and tell it stuff and it remembers stuff. Hey, this is a file. This is a .json file with a bunch of my health records. Or what I'll frequently do, honestly, is I'll just upload whatever and say with the question alongside, with the question, what is this? And shockingly or not, it does a great job of going, this appears to be a bunch of health data. This appears to be a bunch of data about these three things. Like it goes through and like, it has no problem like running through there and going like, oh, this looks like a bunch of lab tests and your weight and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's, it's all just there, right? It's in what's called knowledge in, in your area of GPT, which is where you've uploaded stuff that it, you want it to use as your stuff, probably, that you want it to use. This is so, you know, or I haven't, we haven't shared this, I don't think, but you know, I made, a, made one for us that's being really recalcitrant about like doing anything I want it to do. <laughs> you, you mentioned that. Yeah. I have a dream. I have a dream that that will work. But the health one is so apt because like I could say, map my AST, map, 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 you know, map my bilirubin, like whatever for this period. And I've even gone in and said in the config, I've said, hey, look, when I ask for a graph, unless we state otherwise, make it a line graph. Uh, this shows, and sometimes it helps to say things like turn smoothing off, show all the values um, show, show the value as a label on each data point, And it remembers that. So like, I can just go in and like, when it's working, I just ask it a question, like say, show me my liver enzymes over the past 30 days. And it does it. And then the next but time you, I do you it, love, you love spreadsheets so much though. And now this is taking you away <laughs> from them. His name is Stampy. No, I know, no. like you love making the spreadsheets. They remain, and in the spreadsheets, I feel like you have, you have a slightly higher chance of the data being graphed being real. Well, okay. <laughs> but like, I'm not, and I'm not saying this with snark, but you know, the way this started before I got hip to the JSON thing that, that I can put into GPT. Yeah, I was always starting with CSVs because that's, you know, that's my, that's my oils title. Um, because, right, like if it's CSV, I can deal with it. Thing is, it, that's CSV, right click, open in numbers. And like, it's so much stuff. And it's, it is probably technically well-formed but if you're doing like all of those, think about this. Think about in a in columns and rows, showing all of your health data, including stuff like, I don't know, uh, did you have sex? Did you have a drink? What was your exposure to the sun? What was your bilirubin level on this day? Well, okay, you're already getting into this thing, which is like, okay, what is the label for that? Is that the ICD label for that? Like, does that map to that FHIR or whatever it's called? Like, what are those things called? And like, cause it is, it really is even in a clean CSV, like kind of a garbage fire. So I understand why ChatGPT some, sometimes struggles a little bit. And I, and I, I hit the side of it like Fonzie and I say like, Hey, it's going to be really important that most of the questions I ask you are going to be about lab reports inside of these .json files. So let's, let me help you not have trouble grokking that because every couple of days it starts over and goes like, I can't do anything. I don't understand. And I have to recoax it. If I uploaded it, it loses its memory. So that to me just tells me I need to teach it about me. Like it's, I had a thought today. I'm almost done. I had a thought today that like on maybe three occasions I've tried having an assistant. There was a time where I actually paid a person, um, 
not here, but in another state to be my assistant. And I also, after I read the Tim Ferriss book, I was like, you know what? One part of this that makes sense is getting some help, like hire somebody like on the Indian subcontinent, probably to like be my assistant. And unsurprisingly, because I'm a terrible manager and a bad person, they were all, it all went terribly for nobody's fault but my own. What I'm here to tell you is like, as much as everybody's out there with the torches and pitchforks for GPT, ChatGPT, I mean, I've had much better luck focusing attention on improving my ChatGPT corpus than I ever had trying to train anybody to be my assistant. It's much, actually much less frustrating. And you can do stuff like say, hey, uh, this is all wrong. These dates are wrong. It appears to me that you're showing the first day of the Unix epoch. And it goes, oh yeah, sorry, my bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking at another cell, fix it. But then it forgets it and it's maddening. But like, I don't know, man, like my Celebrity Heights thing, I think that's a good use of ChatGPT. Like I said today on Mastodon, it's, it's awesome. It's stupid. It's low stakes. And like to me, like I don't know why more people aren't just making wackadoo fun stuff with it. Yeah, I'm I'm much more on board with you doing your funny uh, celebrity heights thing than health things. Although honestly, the health things is also kind of low stakes because you're not your own doctor, but it is higher stakes than the uh, celebrity heights. So I do wonder if this is there's a, there's at least three things in the, the right last week I've said I've said to my purported primary care physician that I brought to that person's attention well before they did. Like that's just the thing that I'm going yeah, through. I mean, right that's now. why I'm saying it's not entirely throwaway. Yeah. But anyway, um, and yeah. by the way, uh, all the things that you were just describing, you're basically describing one fairly large aspect of my last jobby job, and uh, you may be excited to know that F H I R is pronounced fire. Nobody reads the letters out. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I was confused. Somebody mentioned that, and I, 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 I so I, I'm aware of the idea of ICD. So fire. I saw it and just thought it looked like JSON, but it's like an officially sanctioned this flavor of JSON called FHIR, fire. Yeah, it's another in a very long line of attempts to make some kind of unifying interchange format between different health systems that includes all the data that everybody needs. Well, it could sure it could sure use it. I mean, even with all of this stuff and Apple's ability to wrangle all of this, like I can't There's an API what... associated with it too. It's not just the data okay. format. What must Lots life? Oh, so like you hit the API API endpoint and like it gives you your fire back. Yeah, but like the API is part of the specification to saying what should That's the endpoints cool. be and what and what records do they return. So people build adapters on top of their existing data. It's it's a giant mess. Am I a weird newbie, like fake geek girl to think JSON's pretty cool? JSON strikes me as very cool. Mm, I mean, it's better than YAML, but the fact that it lacks comments is, continues to be a thorn in everyone's side. You can't put that in brackets and there's no, no such comments. thing as comments. No comments in JSON. It's madness. It's like my YouTube channel. Speaking of health, hi everybody. Welcome back to Reconcilable Differences. John, we have a topic this week. Do you want to do you want to lead the charge on this? Uh, sure. Oh, wait, wait, this... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, you, we didn't close your parentheses. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. John has sent me something. John, <laughs> you're, you're you're building a chat GPT. <laughs> well, here, John, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, uh-huh. the, the me of some time ago would have gone, "Ooh, you're so mean." But like, honestly, I'm not trying to steal your valor. I have th- used this to describe myself so many times. What John has sent me is um, <laughs> there's a character in the 1982 movie Blade Runner called uh, J.F. Sebastian, played by Larry of Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. And uh, you'll remember that, that he works for Tyrell. He plays chess with him. He brings, um, I almost said Bo Derek, brings um, uh, the girl from Splash into his house. And, and remember when he walks in? 
hello, JF, home again, home again, jiggity jig. And there's a little bear and a little creepy Napoleon guy with like a, like a, like a, like a dental appliance in his mouth. It's, they're so upsetting. His house is full of creepy dolls that walk. Well, and I'm doing himself, that's me. He's I made do himself that. some GPTs. He's working on making himself some GPTs. Here's the thing. They're not perfect. Like, no, have you seen that new Disney like robot? Yours. Have you seen that new Disney robot? So Which Disney's, Disney robot? um, they, something they announced recently that there's a new, like, kind of theme parky. Uh, it looks kind of like a Wally, but it's got those, like, you know, those Godzilla legs, you know, mm-hmm. like all the, you know what I mean? Like, so imagine like, uh, maybe more like Eve, but it, you know, we should look up Disney robot and it's not an animatronic in the classic sense where, and I watched a video about this, which is how I know this. Um, it's not an animatronic in the sense of like, there's a guy who says, bring us the redhead over and over all day. Like this thing, like the Boston dynamics terrors can respond. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen the one where like the, the increasingly creepy Boston Dynamics one where like the guy tries to knock the box out of its hand and tries to yeah. knock it over. Have you seen the Boston Dynamics robot do parkour? I've seen a lot of those videos. I've seen it climb over obstacles and stuff. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. B- b- believe me, ch- generative AI and LLMs are not your biggest problem right now. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but uh, it's it's an absolutely incredible, like, mm, AI. Like, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a bot that can respond contextually you know, you know, it's got parameters, but it's not executing a script. It's not like running on a piano roll. And it, it really is quite amazing. And I think a lot of people who follow this stuff seem pretty intrigued by how this, you would never say it came out of nowhere, but Disney is not where you expected to see a thing that, at least in my eye, competes pretty favorably from what we see from Boston Dynamics. It's like, anyway, look it up. It's really cute. I just did. I watched a video. It'll be in the notes. Isn't it cute? The yeah, way he moves cute, is really looks sweet. Like a chicken. chicken with a big head. Yeah. We went to see the Godzilla movie the other night. Godzilla mm-hmm. is always thick. I, I like I like yeah. Godzilla being thick. Godzilla's on my list. Got a Godzilla favorite got a favorite one. Godzilla movie? Godzilla negative one. It's it's, it's good. Um do you have do you have a favorite though? Have you seen have you seen Shin Godzilla? No, it's on my list too. I have very strong feelings about Shin Godzilla. I have the dubbed and sub versions. I bought them both. That's my favorite. I mean, I like the old ones. I was watching, just for fun, I was watching Destroy All Monsters the other day, which I haven't watched since probably college. It's got like 11 different kaiju I, monsters I recently watched the, the stupid 2014 movie because I wanted oh, to Oh, is, that, is the, that with the kid from Ferris Bueller? Is that, uh, no, he's just 1999. No, it's not the Matthew Broderick one. That's, that's like the 80s or whatever. This is the one, that, like, there's an Apple TV show, Monarch, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Very good show, like, okay, very what, good show. Yeah, what do I, uh, Anyway, eh. I was like, what do I what do I need to watch before the Monarch show? So I'll get the references and like, oh, you should watch yeah. the 2014 movie. And I watched the 2014 movie. Oh, and I, had John? That, I had that experience <laughs> that I'm sure you're familiar with where you, I was watching it and I'm like, I think I've seen this because scenes would happen. I would be like, I've definitely seen this scene. I know the shape of that thing in the background. I know what's going to happen next. But then as the movie progressed, I'm like, have I seen this movie? Because now I'm not sure what's going to happen. Can, can you think of an, I'm sorry, just so I know, can you think of another movie? Oh, so, so I'm sorry. There's an explanation for this. Sorry. Uh, there isn't. It's just I'm old. Anyway, I, hmm. I watched the whole 2014 movie and I'm like, yeah, I probably saw all or part of this in the that's past. That's not good. If it is the first time you're watching it, that's not a Oh, it's definitely not the experience. first time I watched it. But like I've seen, yeah. for sure, I've seen scenes in this movie. I'm like, oh no, I've seen this scene. But I'm like, but how would I have seen all these scenes if I didn't see the movie? And I think what the thing is, is like, you know when you're watching a movie and it's not that interesting and you decide not to watch it, but then you <laughs> yeah. come back to it two days later and you watch a little more. And then, I do you know. it. I do it. I won't, I won't say once a week, but I'll tell you one thing that really gets up my grill. 
is um, on Netflix, when I have watched something, well, why did I watch something? I, see, I feel like you've already complained about this, but why have I watched it? I watched it because it looked interesting or I heard it was good, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff on Netflix, like especially, you know, from the previous years. But, and then I'll see someone go, ooh, I mean, this happened to you. I said, ooh, this looks interesting. I love stuff like this. And you click mm-hmm. it and it starts and you're like, ha, Swedish, murder, travels to France. Huh, hmm, I, uh, oh yeah, I've totally watched this. <laughs> But yeah. it doesn't show up. That's, I have to tell you, just about the sole reason, apart from enthusiasm, pretty much the sole reason I arrow up or down is so that I'll know if I've seen it in the future because Netflix does not expose that. Yeah, this and the Godzilla 2014 is, uh, it's Gareth Edwards who did Rogue One and The Creator, which I also watched recently, and Monsters, which I also watched back in the day, which made me a Gareth Edwards fan uh, uh-huh. way back when. So that's probably why I had watched Godzilla when it came out in 2014 and half forgot about it. But anyway, now I'm prepared to resume watching Monarch. Is it a broccoli family thing, you know, like with Bond movies? Is it something, I mean, like, cause you know, in the same way that like, wow, you know, it sucks that they couldn't manage to like <laughs> fully employ Edgar Wright to do Ant-Man and that they yeah. just used well, a bunch of his No, it's not, it's not a broccoli family thing as far as that. Okay. I mean, they weren't like, yeah. So like, or like, you know, again, like the Ryan Johnson thing of like, well. Yeah, and, and, and Godzilla 2014 is better than the Matthew Broderick one. So there's that. All right. Shin Godzilla. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's on my list. Pacific Rim. Now, Pacific Rim, a lot of you people out there, you're going to eat your words when you realize that Pacific Rim is one of the great movies of the last 20 years. It's an mm. utterly entertaining and su- mm. it succeeds at mm. exactly what it set out to do. Hmm. What'd you get? Uh, I'm not, okay, I'm going to let go. Um, I'm looking. I ha- have you rated it? Yeah, but you rated it. I did rate it. Okay, letterbox.com slash S-I-R-A-C. Let's go to my diary. My diary. Dear diary, I suck and don't like movies. Ha, there you go. Uh, Wait, what was the movie we were talking about? Um, The, um, oh, 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 Pacific Rim. Oh, man, why am I doing this? (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) You know what, I'm not. It's a good question. I'm going to close it. I'm going to close it. Hey, everybody. Um, Thanks for tuning in. It's time for a topic. Pew, pew. What's it? Uh, you we want intro topic, or shall I? Yeah, you have uh, your uh, as you as you travel throughout the interwebs, uh, you have leavings as they call them. Uh, leavings so you and leave, learnings. You yeah, you leave things behind in your wake, and sometimes those things are You're all that I can't leave behind. Yeah, there you go. Uh, look at that reference. Sometimes mm. the the things are uh, descriptions of things that you like and links to them. Um, and recently, you said in some thing somewhere, probably a Slack. Uh, I said, you, it, on, you, said it on Mastodon. I can find okay. It. You you provided a link to or, to a podcast episode. It was yes. actually a two part podcast, two parter, yeah, two episodes, yeah. and you said things about it that made you made me think that you enjoyed it. Uh, and then the title made me think that maybe I should listen to it. And honestly, when I listened to these two podcasts, I had no, uh, I didn't think I, we were going to talk about it on a pod, on this show at all. Yeah, I was like, fine. oh, I was going to listen to this podcast yeah. or whatever. In fact, I already prepared for the show we're recording right now, putting a different topic in there. But then oh, yeah, well, what, the day, what like, was it going to be? What was it going to be? Um, oh, was it going to be the, the HBO show? No, I, it oh. wasn't, but it was something else. I don't want to run it for future things. But right. anyway, halfway through the day, I'm like, wait a second. We should talk about those two podcasts I just listened to because they're very relevant to the show. <laughs> they so really anyway, are. The podcast. So here's, I know we're going to uh, immediately go off on a tangent because it's my way, but it's a short one. Uh, the title of the podcast, the part one of the podcast, it's the same as the title as part two, actually, 
it begins with a contraction. It begins with a contraction of the two English words, Y, W-H-Y, and it? did, D-I-D. Uh, and this person decided when they were putting the title of their two-part podcast episode that they're going to not write Y did, but instead mm. they're going to write wide, W-H-Y apostrophe D, a contraction made of the words Y and did. I want to say, I want to say just in passing, um, I, I, it's an uncommon, it's, it's like oughtn't, you know, one of those kinds of like less used mm-hmm. contractions. And I would personally not want to start my title with an unusual Absolutely contraction. No. no, it's perfect. It's a perfectly it's okay, valid word. Like, but your mind, it's, maybe it's good because your mind like has to really like, it's like settle on it. But like my, uh, what's that thing Corey doctor used to say that the internet rejects censorship as damage or something mm-hmm. like that. And I have that same feeling. Yeah, I have that same feeling sometimes about like weird wording of stuff where it's like, it makes me feel, it makes me feel, I don't know, not bad, but it makes me feel like a little irritated when I have to read something like that. And I didn't have any problem parsing it or understanding it, but I Mm -hmm. think it's a stronger title if you spell it out, right? Anyway, Mm -hmm. I'll read you the rest of the title and you can decide for yourself. The actual title is, why did I take speed for 20 years? Why did I take speed for 20 years? I think it would be a better title if it said, why did I take speed for 20 years? See how much better it sounds when you say, why did? It's so much better. I mean, anyway. I, I'm not married to this, but no bad ideas and brainstorming. Um, How come? I don't know why. I just know that it's better. No, no, no. Sorry. How come I took speed for 20 years? No, that's no good. I, well, it's, it's just a brainstorm, but. No. Okay, There's but, no bad ideas except for yours. <laughs> that's a really good point. I, I take your so note. Supposed to, thank you. Supposed yes. to put on the wall next mm-hmm. to the hang in there cat. Yeah, right. Or like, I, I like those fake inspirational ones. Like, maybe if we yes, don't yes. answer the phone, people will stop bothering us. None of us is as dumb as all of us. Yeah, that's <laughs> I thought those in 1998 or nine. I thought those were so Funny. They're still good. Uh, let me tell they you, working are, or, well, and the, or working but they're tight. They're so and again, back to wording. They're so tight. The image, the image is in some ways really secondary. Whereas, like <laughs> uh, when I visited a mutual friend at a university in New Jersey, I I, I went to do where I was going. Where I was going to do my talk. We walked down this hallway and walked and walked, and it was almost like you know that feeling when you're like going to an airport terminal, like to get to the crappy like local flights, you know, and you go down and down and down. The entire I'm sorry, Dr. Don. I hope I'm not blowing up your spot. This is not his fault. But the, all the way, the entire thing, John, like both sides framed inspirational posters down the entire corridor. Sailboats, rock climbing, Zen rock piles, skinny girl, look at sun. It, it was, and it's just, I was like, dude, are these, it's not for me, right? Are these always here? He's like, Put you off your food, Doctor Don. Uh, I'm okay. There's my MacArthur Grant. I should get a MacArthur Grant because I'm really good at playlists. Oh, it doesn't matter. What I said was something like, "Can I can I can I provide part one of some context? Do you mind? Please do. Part one of this will be fast context, but it's a really good show uh, from back in the days uh, at Gimlet when Gimlet was a thing. And I'm not, you know, if Alex has a problem with how I put this, argue with them. Um, but there's really good one of the I think one of the original tentpole shows on Kim was called Reply All, which is a podcast that I adored. Like some of my like all time favorite and like the the basic bit. I mean, like you know everybody's always stealing Starly Kind's bit, but like you know the bit was oftentimes that the solving some kind of an internet mystery, right? Something something odd, which of course Starly Kind practically invented. But um, but there was like for example there was an episode where like they this person was trying to like 
the, the, the reason I mentioned is the two hosts were the other guy and PJ Vote. PJ Vote is now the host of the podcast that we're about to talk about. And he's, he's terrific. He's so much better without the other guy. Um, you know, who's usually just there to like bully him. Ha ha. But like, it's good. He's very vulnerable and, and he's terrific. But like the episode, like of, of the, but that's a show that I loved. And then I think there's some dust ups and some cancellations and certainly Spotify came along and bought them and all those things. But anyway, PJ Vote is back. And I discovered this through Alexandra who told me about this podcast. It's called Search Engine. And what is the, what is the description or log line on Search Engine? The show? I have no idea because these are the only episodes of the show I've ever listened to. And I think the title of the show is very bad and I don't know who PJ Vote is. Okay. Um, search Engine with PJ Vote. Uh, wow, it's. It, I think his Substack is the actual home, which means I have to have a login. Oh boy, did you learn nothing from your time working no. for Spotify? Have you learned nothing? You cannot grow something that people can't see. I'm using grow transitively, which I do twice a year. You will not increase the audience for what you do if you put it behind some largely unprofitable wall it's all about the newsletters that's what happened with the besties you know about that no but i've been aware of that podcast yeah yeah but like it was like four guys like russ and and griffin and um justin and i forget who all but like talking about video games it was a really delightful show they went to spotify and they went the way of where i never want to go where they're like hey thanks for bringing your stuff here thanks for moving your feet here we're done see ya and i think the default thing that happens when that happens is like they keep everything they might have given them the name back i mean polygon was really cool about that but like spotify is where you go to become deeply irrelevant anyways um subscriptions connected oh my goodness i'm in apple podcast the app pj vote uh no no question too big no question too small on search engine this is great i love shows like this host pj vote answers the kinds of questions you might ask the internet when you can't sleep and so I was just, I, I listened to an episode or two that I really liked. Oh, you know what I liked? Yeah. I, this is so embarrassing. The second shout out to Dr. Don, who's also has, has a name. His name is Donald Schaffner. He's a distinguished professor at Rutgers and he's a, a dear friend. Uh, he, he guessed it on the latest episode of the show because PJ kept getting sick from sushi and he was trying to figure out if there was some kind of switcheroo with the sushi. And like he talked to Dr. Don about food safety stuff. It was really, really good. Who should be in charge of AI? Why don't we eat people? Um, October 27th, why did I take speed for 20 years? That jumped out at me. And I went and I listened to it. And um, so part one of the context is this is the guy you know from Reply All. And uh, like your host, he took drugs for ADHD. Like a lot of us, he had a very checkered past with getting to that diagnosis and having it treated in a like sustain, sane and sustainable way. And, but he found himself like now that he's off it in the same way, similarly to how I am, he's asking himself like, what's going on with all of these stimulants that I've taken and other people have taken. And that was the, the two episodes. The first episode is, is a lot of him talking about it. And, um, well, see, the first, uh, the second one really stuck out because that was the woman who didn't know she needed it and never got diagnosed, and then she actually became a doctor, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, so and then my 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 case for why this is interesting in a nutshell is, uh, 
course you say anything anywhere and people are going to drop in with their like extremely strong monopolar opinion. But my, my thing I said on Mastodon, this really, I love this show. He hit it out of the park with these two episodes. And I mean, it really is complex. Dealing with any medical condition is complex. But ADHD, I mean, a thing that we didn't even really have a name for when I was a kid, like how far that has gone and yet how blunt the instruments still are for treating people with ADHD, which as we learn every day is concomitant, comorbid. I forget what the word is. But like, you know, I have two people I host podcasts with who had a diagnosis of bipolar and they both found out they also have ADHD. That's complicated. And, you know, they go into the history of like, if you're, if you've ever read that book, book Blitzed or like followed the stuff about Nazi drug use, like the crazy amount of like speed that, that they gave all soldiers on all sides in World War II. People came back strung out. They're chewing on inhalers to get some kind of super high out of it. And then like, really, it's just that complexity and double-edged sword of like, how do we treat this people with this diagnosis in a way that improves their quality of life? preferably in the long term. And I just, I like the balance that these episodes struck between like how miraculous first time you take Adderall, buddy, you know it. You'll know pretty quickly whether you have ADHD or not. If you want to run around and dance to new order, you probably don't have ADHD. If you sit down and write 5,000 words for the first time in your life, guess what? (laughs) You have ADHD. If it makes you oddly calm at five in the morning to like sit down and just work like a dog for as long as you can, which is awesome. It's miraculous, but then there's a lot of downsides to it. There's downsides while you're taking it. There's downsides after you stop taking it. There's downsides. To try. It's just, it's all really complicated. So I'm done ranting on that part of the context. If it comes up, I would be happy. If it comes up and it's appropriate, I could give you the relatively fast pitch on my ADHD history, but I think you know it. Undiagnosed, untreated, on anything until I was in my 30s. Leslie Harpold, RIP, gave me two Adderall. She said, you totally got ADHD. She gives me two Adderalls, so let's take one of these. I take an Adderall the next morning, and I, I emailed her, and I'm like, Leslie, I think I have ADHD. Cause, and she's like, well, did you like run around? I was like, no, no, I just, like, I just sat down, and I was writing for 43 folders at the time. I, I wrote f- like three or 5,000 re- really good words like in a morning. And once they described this in these podcast episodes, like once you've had that, you do feel a little bit like, I think the phrase you used might have been something like cobwebs are being pulled out of your brain. Another way I would put it is like, I just got the best clutch in the world. Like I, I can not multitask exactly, but like I can get deeply into third gear as quick as I need to and really accomplish some stuff, but it's got a downside. And so that was my history. I had a whole history my whole life, really my entire adult life. I have in retrospect self-medicated with coffee and ephedrine in particular, uh, and it wasn't until I was in my thirties, I finally got the third doctor I went to see was like, you absolutely have ADHD. There's no question about it. And so that's when that journey began with trying different drugs. And some of them, many of them like, like speed or speed adjacent to like where I am now, where I'm taking something that's very lame, but, uh, it's complicated. If you've got ADHD, there's so many things where like I think about when I, when IBS, when I first heard about IBS and there's a singer I liked a lot in the 90s called Beth Orton. You find out Beth Orton's got IBS. She can't tour anymore. And it's like, oh, I heard Beth Orton's crazy because she she can't poop on the road. And you're like, no, 
That's not what IBS is. IBS is this hellish condition that has a mostly unknown etiology, which means doctors think it's made up. Much like the chronic condition that I have, people think it only happens to Ashkenazi Jews who sin. Honestly, it's only like people from this Eastern European country that get this. Why would you have this? It's unexplainable. You got to eat right and get exercise. If doctors don't know how to explain it, they don't know what the ideology is, they can sometimes be extremely dismissive. They did that to Beth Thornton and they did it to me. You'll remember the Russian lady that was covered by our HMO. I'll do the voice. Is that okay? I get an appointment. I go in there and I say, uh, like, you could just go ask the internet. Like, ask 60,000 people on the internet. Like, I'm pretty sure I've got ADHD. Uh, I have all, and all the ways that eventually this was the diagnosis was pretty much this. Hyperactivity? No. I don't have the H part. In my brain, I've got hyperactivity. Like, the running around is happening in my prefrontal cortex, largely. There's a lot of hyperactivity, but I'm not running around like a hyper kid, as we used to say. I said, but I do have trouble concentrating a lot of the times. I get distracted by things that sort of are stimulating to me and lack the executive function to put my attention where I want. The further version of that diagnosis, which was huge for me, is that I ultimately appear to have the most garden variety, boring ADHD that you can have. I don't shop compulsively. I don't do sex on things. I'm, I'm not like, you know, running credit cards, you know, to buy you know, QVC things. My most, the basic condition that I have is <clears throat> the way that not having consistent or appropriate dopamine expresses itself is that it's not that I can't concentrate on things. It's that I have a difficult time deciding where to focus that concentration. The phrase I've used for that is what gets the hook in. And I got to be careful what gets the hook in. Like on the right day, it's great. And on the wrong day, I just tagged MP3s for eight hours and I don't know what happened. I physically feel like I blacked out getting on those drugs made a huge difference. Um, I think that's what my context. Yeah, I think the these episodes, especially the first one, I did something you can only do a few times on a given podcast, which is the host can talk about something from their totally own Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Right, because this because you know, the, the second one is more like a traditional podcast where you interview someone about a topic. Go, go listen to that Wondery podcast where the woman with MDD decides that she wants to get a life coach. It's, a, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Horrible. The, the first episode is about PJ Vogt, who has ADHD, or does he, um, and talks about his experience. But he's he's in the title saying, why did I take speed for 20 years? He's talking about himself. So yes. The first episode is about himself and his story, which is not the same as Merlin's. And you have to, it's not, but you have to include, I'm not going to, we don't need to include it here, but I appreciate that he talks about that difficult path to a, not just merely a diagnosis, but a sympathetic diagnosis that does more than just decide what to stamp on the form. Like there are a lot of people who like just want to, just want to smash pills in your face and then just let you go and get refills. But like, it's difficult. It's a winding path to get to where someone, especially back then, even in the nineties, this was hard to get fixed in any way, but somebody with a wrist rocket fires a pill in your face. Very rarely is there any kind of therapeutic or, um, you know, any kind of therapy or talk therapy that has to happen with it. Um, but I love, sorry, I'm going on, but I love that he talked about that winding road to get to there. The, 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 the hook or the, the bit of the show is, oh my God, I took speed for 20 years. Why did I, why did I do that? Not, not like regretting it, but like, let's talk about why that ended up being a thing in my life and my face. And, but to get there, I think it's so valuable to understand 
candidly, what somebody suffers in silence with. That everybody just looks at you and thinks you're dumb or they think the same way that my dad had astigmatism. They just thought my dad was so stupid because he couldn't read the board. And in my case, like a phrase I still use to this day is, do you think I like being how I am? There's elements of that, but not being able to sit down and do a thing that I know in the, the front part of my brain is the most important thing for me to be doing right now. And yet somehow I can't get my hands around it is excruciating. And that winding road is a big part of the story. Yeah, the host does, I mean, in addition to his personal story, he also does the, you know, he was motivated by his personal story and his life and reflecting on this to do some research about the history of amphetamines, uh, which sort of inform, like, how did he end up taking them? What were they used for before? Uh, why, why did they end up being prescribed to him? Why didn't he get prescribed them in the beginning? Why did another doctor decide to prescribe them? And then he gets into his personal experience of like, what was it like taking them? What was it like being off them? What are his right, thoughts right. about it? Very personal story. Uh, and it is, you know, I, I, I don't know if the 20 years it must be weird. It must be weird if that's your first PJ vote podcast. That must be a strange introduction. To yeah, like I mean, it's fine. He sounded like a regular podcast. Yeah, no, but person. I mean, it's like, that's, it's kind of, it's unusual. Yeah. And anyway, and he says right up front in the first episode, he's like, and this is going to be my experience. And in the next episode, you're, if you don't, he said, I think he said, if you don't hear your perspective reflected in this episode, which is a very sort of vague dancing around this thing, he said, tune in the next episode because you hear somebody different. And the second episode is a different person telling their story. And it's a different I story. I loved her. I loved her, the way she talked about all of it. I loved that. Yeah. And the the thing I took away from these two episodes uh, is, well, first it's, it's, I get a better understanding of, I mean, I've gotten some understanding from listening to you over the years talk about this exact same topic with your personal experience. And then here's two more people. And what I came away with is not, as as I said, to, I kind of like the guy because I think to his credit, he said, if you've listened to these two episodes of the show, it's not exact words, but I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah. Don't think that you understand the this entire landscape. All you've heard is two people's stories. And those two people's stories cover two points in this giant field, right? But there are as many people's stories as there are people. So don't think, oh, I heard the story and the one guy thought this about it and the other person thought that about it. And that is the the entirety. And these are the two endpoints of the spectrum. And then there's a range in between. Like, no. like, almost like a terrible network news, eight minute network news story. We're going in depth by talking to people with two utterly diametrically opposed opinions. So it's balanced. Uh, yeah. And then you think, and that's the entirety of the landscape. I'm not realizing there's 75 other points and going in five. Well, I'm not realizing directions. that there's at least one more axis right. that they don't even acknowledge. And, and so I think it did what podcasts do, which is this is two people's stories and they overlap in places and they conflict in places and they give yeah, you yeah. some perspective, but they are not the only stories. And I know this because I know at least one other person's story that is also very similar, but also different, which is your story. Right. And I thought it was very interesting to hear this, uh, these two podcasts on this topic that, you know, I, I had come to know through, you know, through you over mm-hmm. many years. And it was just like, it, and I think like the 20 years thing. Well, stood were there, out to were me. there things like, where you went, oh yeah, that's familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- when I saw the title, I'm like, is this, is, is this Merlin writing? Why did I take speed for 20 years? Cause didn't you take speed for <laughs> 20 years? And I have it again, please. Can I have it again? Yeah. I was just waiting for him to say he had to stop Remember taking that? it because like, of blood pressure about that. Everybody who's off it goes, yeah, but, oh man, I'd love to do it yeah. again. But and so the, the the other thing about all of this is like, I mean, you hear it and sometimes you hear things like this and it kind of well, for me anyway, sometimes it kind of makes me feel hopeless because they don't really focus on this in these two episodes. But it's so true, like with he mentions it a little bit of like, what, why are mental illnesses different? Why are they different? Why are they treated differently? And it's yeah, like, if you if you sprain their ankle, they wouldn't ask you 
you know, odd questions yeah. to like find out whether you're malingering. It's kind of like why my little hang up about mechanical keyboards. It's like, well, any keyboard hmm. where you press the keys with your fingers is a mechanical keyboard in the end. But anyway, um, mental illness versus physical is like what the brain is not part of mm, the body, mm-hmm. right? It's not a physical manifestation. It's, it's just a, it's a magical thing. It's all every, well, and it's, it's almost like, and not, not to be dismissive to anybody, but like nothing against podiatrists, but like, you know, the feet are important. Like they're every, all the parts are important. All parts matter. But like the brain stuff, it's amazing the extent to which people will just bracket so much stuff that stops at the base of your spine in some ways. They're interested in what goes into the front part of your head. They're interested in what went into your face. But the ability to understand what is going on in from the vagus nerves all the way nerve all the way through, you know, all the parts of your brain is there are a lot of people who are not only honestly, there are medical professionals, forgive my saying, who are not only utterly incurious about that but who find it off-putting to talk about that. They would really prefer to change the subject. Like the Russian lady said to me, I said, I'm pretty sure I got ADHD. And what she said to me was, yes, well, why don't, because, you know, she's like this. She goes, why don't you take a walk or drink a big water? I'm like, lady, if I thought I could drink a big water, take a walk and feel better. How big is the water, though, Merlin? It's such (laughs) an Australian. You just hadn't gotten a big enough water. That's the problem. It was a language problem. You know, big myself. tennis, you, you really should have been concentrating on big water. Her English is better than my Russian, so bad on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but so, like, the, the, the bracketing of, like, saying, like, the mental stuff separate but from you know what I'm talking stuff. about? That, like, if you run into that where people are like, oh, that's a mental thing. Like, you might as yeah, well be yeah. talking about witches. Right. And that, that, and that, that somehow they're separated from each other and they're yes, not, you yes. know, intricately connected. But here, here's the thing with the, like, the both of the stories, I feel like... Uh, one of the points in both of the stories is the point in a lot of people's stories who have ADHD is how and when did I get diagnosed and was that diagnosis quote unquote correct and going to the history of like, well, what is the diagnosis and why, like, what are the criteria and how did those criteria come to be and are they the right criteria and what is this thing with a label? And, and, and like potentially like, do you keep checking in to make sure that you got those criteria right if you can't at that time, but also going forward, like looking at Yes, the, the, the impact that any uh, treatment is having appears to be having. What change it's happening? And, and like the success criteria, because they, they pointed right. this out with like, they talk Has about your the quality depression. of life gone up? Another, another right. one of those zombie questions that doctors find really frustrating. Well, but like they're, so they, they talked about depression a little bit as well and how the definition of depression had changed over the years. And a lot right. of the times the success of treatment is measured by saying, how well have you... Uh, you know, improved the things that are defined in the problem that we say you have. So we say you have problem X and problem X involves things A, B, and C. And we (laughs) determine the success of the treatment by have you fixed A, B, or C in some amount, right? But those are derived from the definition, which is derived from this long history. And here's the thing about the brain stuff. And that's why it's, it's why it's so difficult. It's explicable. It's not like it's inexplicable, but it's like infectious diseases in many ways are so much easier to deal with because they spread infectious crap all over your body in places we can get it. We can take a blood sample and look to see, they do can, you they can have tell this... from your basic vitals if you have a chest cold. Do, do you have this virus or bacteria in your system? Yes or no? We can measure it. It's very easy to tell. It goes everywhere, especially sort of systemic thing that you can take a blood sample and look for an organism and say, you're infected with this or you're not infected with this. Mm-hmm. Do you have the flu or do you not have the flu? We do, If we know what the flu looks like, we know what we're looking for. It's in your bloodstream. We can find it in your nose. We can swab for COVID. Do you have it or do you not have it? Right. It's so easy because it's everywhere. Like, how can you test for COVID? It's coming out of you constantly. 
Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, COVID yeah. is coming out of you. We don't even have to go in and get it. We can just sneeze into this thing. We can find it, and there it is, and we can show we're, it to you okay, in a microscope. We're okay treating that because we have a whole workflow but, for no, that. But, we, but there's no debate of whether, whether you're infected with COVID or not. It's like, look, here it is. It came out of this person. They've got it. Right? Yeah. How much like, of there's, it do there's, they no, have? there's no like pathologist slide for right. feeling distracted. But for, for for all the mental illnesses, we have such poor access to the brain, and it is so massively complicated, yeah. and it does not spray things out into every part of your system in a way that we can understand. So we say, "Do you have ADHD?" It's like, "What the hell is ADHD?" Well, let me get you through the history of diagnosis. Like, but can't I just look for a germ? No. Like for the most part, no. <laughs> it's not that simple. Yeah, and that's there's where you not, get into that like Theodoric of York stuff. And yeah, you're like, well, not, is there a small not, troll living in my head? Yeah. Why am I like this? <laughs> there's not like a, a structure we can look for. Or we just hmm. we, can we take an X-ray and look at a bone structure and say you have it? Can we look for a germ? Can we look for get your you calipers? Know, this, you know, can we measure parts <laughs> of your brain? Can we look for lesions? And it's like you don't understand yeah. the brain is so freaking complicated, and we have no idea how how so many parts of it work. Forget about like in a supposedly healthy looking brain and all the diagnoses we have do they have this condition what is this condition what defines it right. is it is this supposed condition that you think you're diagnosing in this group of 20 people do they have anything in common other than these outward symbols maybe their, their causes are different maybe their brains are you know working in entirely different ways maybe they're using different parts of your brain so it's so difficult and that's why this is the explicable reason why anytime you deal with mental illnesses you can't even have confidence the thing they think they've defined and given a name to is even a real or useful thing. Because if you look at the history, again, of depression, of what they thought depression was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, were they wrong then and right now? Were they wrong all the time? Because you, know, you learned from this episode how did they used to treat depression? Well, do you remember yeah, and what, what did they even think it was? And well, were they, they wrong? They gave you speed. Yeah. That they yeah, gave yeah. you speed for depression. And, and it's, it's tempting to think, oh, they were so how dumb they were back then, but now they figured it out. Have they? Like it, 150 years from now. <laughs> Well, and like, you know, my, my libertarian shrink, who at this point looms incredibly large in my life, I really want to do a podcast with him. He pointed something out a long time ago because he's a, he's, a, he's a psychiatrist, he's an MD, but he, he is a scientist. Like he wrote a book about love and stuff. He's writing a book about Shakespeare. He's really cool. But he, um, he said something a long time ago that like, I, I might be getting this wrong, so don't blame my shrink, blame me. But I think what he said was something like, one of the things he said that blew my mind because I was new to this whole world, like, I've had plenty of people in my life with depression. I've had plenty of people in my life, especially in the 90s, where they were getting treatment for depression, which in some cases was really rough. Like, I'm I'm not a horn dog. So, like, I would not, if I had ED as a result of depression, like, I'd probably be fine with that. It wouldn't super affect my quality of life. But I'm not a normal guy. My friends, I had dear friends who were like, I have completely lost my sex drive and it's killing my marriage right now. Cause that, that's something that we used to have and now we don't. So like, I I've seen all that like go by. I, I'm, I'm so like, I, I keep thinking about like, so I mentioned IBS. I want to throw out some other ones here and I don't, I'm not trying to steal valor, but I think these things have things in common. Uh, just an aside, by the way, IBS is great because it's like, Oh, that's not a brain one. It should be easy. No, sometimes the body ones are complicated too. <laughs> oh Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say- And by the way, say, is it just a body thing or is it a brain thing? Isn't the brain part of a body? I hear from a friend that somebody can pretty easily diagnose an itis. Well, what's an itis? Any itis is an inflammation, whether that's arthritis or, you know, whatever it is. But an itis is inflammation. Okay, but like, how did that get itis? Like, that's the question. Is like, it's one thing to come in and diagnose something and say, well, we found your flu gene <laughs> or, you know, like we found your ADHD egg 
title, right? You know, like that's not going to happen. But like, it, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, well, yeah, but now we have to start ruling out, ruling out, ruling out. There's like, you know, that's all, there's whole fields that are just about that ability to look at, you know, how those relationships exist. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's, I think it's really, I think it's a pity on many levels, the way we deal with all kinds of health, QED, but the way we deal with mental stuff is uh, shameful, really. I mean, it, you know, and you like, I think the this show really outlines like it's because it's a hard problem, right? It's not like we're not trying. We are trying. And ob- obviously the story, the history shows you, OK, well, when people are trying, there are lots of little side alleyways involving motivations for just like right, people who just right, want right. to make money or people who want fame or fortune or just like all look, combinations. Look at how quickly of- they put the vaccine out. Like when smart boffins get together in a room even with masks on or remotely, like if you put, as John Sarkis likes to say, you put wood behind that arrow, you can make a lot of stuff happen as quickly as it can. There's some things that just take as long as it takes. If all the stuff comes together and it's one of those problems that is tractable, giving the knowledge that we have, but like the the mental stuff, we just keep trying. And I think we are doing better like over the course of history, but I have no problem believing that 150 years from now, when people look back on how we treated and and identified all these things, the conditions that we thought existed, the names we gave to them and how we treated them, it's going to be like, uh, you know, Dr. McCoy going back to San Francisco in Star Trek four. Well, I think it's going to be like bad luck. The, in the true sense of the word, the, as in the asylum, the famous asylum. Think about the scene in Amadeus, uh, uh, the second major scene where we go into a sanitarium, a facility, uh, and it's it's bedlam. Like there's people like in cages, there's people chained to things, and that's where we find Salieri, who had recently tried to take his own life. Um, I think it's I think I don't know if it'll be quite that barbaric, but I think it's not going to be that far off. But let me talk about a couple more. So we've got what IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. It's not what I have. And again, un, like unknown or virtually unknown etiology. Etiology, my understanding is that like, what, what causes this, right? Like if, if there's a, there can be a condition that you observe and it might even have a name, even if it doesn't have an egg, but <laughs> for some reason, I keep thinking of this like a kinder egg where you just need to find the egg and see what's inside. Oh, it's a fire truck. But things that don't have a known etiology, I, I think squick people out a lot. Let me give you a few more. I'm just going to toss out. Don't mean to steal valor. Um, premenstrual syndrome and things related to, I mean, let's let's just throw in all the lady things. PMS, let's, my wife had brutal morning sickness. Calling it morning sickness is a, is a vast, like in the second trimester, like she was sick all day and it ruined her life. There's nothing to be done about it. And I know they're finding genes about that, like, you know, John reads the same magazines and newspapers as you do. Um, let me give you a couple more. Uh, remember this chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, come on. They've made some progress with that one, actually. Yeah, but people. again, remember when you first heard yeah. ADD, you first heard premenstrual syndrome, you first heard irritable bowel syndrome. What does that mean? You, you poop too much or poop not often? It's like it's both. It's you the poop, worst. It means you poop angry. You do, but like Pope it's Angry usually, 3D, yeah. It preceded, I don't have it again, but my understanding is it is preceded by um, excruciating, often life-altering, what's the one where you can't poop? What's the word? Uh, constipation. Constipation. Uh, what else did I write down here? Chronic fatigue, penis. Okay, all of those things. Like, it's not, you. there's no egg sometimes. And yes, progress has been made on all of those things, but what I would like y'all to do, and I don't mean to sound like some kind of like plant worshiper or something, I'm not a druid, but ask yourself how many things will you roll your eyes about because there's, in your version of the world, there's no known etiology. I'm not saying believe, believe in magic or try to, you know, uh, make an orb appear. 
conjure an orb, but the sympathy that people have, chronic fatigue syndrome is real. It's getting realer. At least the articles I read in the last, you've probably seen these, right? Last couple of weeks is like, oh, it's bad and way more people have it than we thought. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's that famous YouTuber that has it, and uh, and there, I've seen a lot of research stuff into it. Like that, they they are actually tracking down the mechanisms, trying to actually understand what is going on, like getting closer to understanding. Is Lyme disease another to, one that gives you like? Treat. Doesn't Lyme disease make you super tired? Uh, Lyme disease is pretty well understood, but yeah, there was another one of the things was the symptoms of amorphous. That that actually gets a, another point of like. Uh, even when we sort of track it down and think we understand things and you have a list of Sometimes symptoms Sometimes you to hear about a condition in the news and then you think you've got yeah, it, well, like Miss Hoover. We, 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 I mean, because especially for mental illnesses, but for really for anything like chronic fatigue and stuff like that. OCD, people hugely self-diagnose OCD. Yeah, and you have to have a, like a list of criteria and say, look, in order for us to give you this label, you have to qualify for four out of five of these things. And it's like, really? Is that how they do things? Four out of five? Why do they pick oh, four? It's like four out of five. That's dentists? how so many of those. Well, and the way it's all, it's all phrased in this similar way where it's almost like a law book. If you ever sit down and look at the, yeah. it, but it'll be like, did you have, so there's A, B, C, D, and E. Have you had any of those happen? I think it's usually in like the last six months. I mean, it's different, it's different rules for each of them. Like how, how close do they have to be to each other? How many of them do you have to have? What are they? And and if you check off the right number of boxes with the right amount of time, blah, 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 you get that label. And if you think about that for like two seconds, which, which like, can open doors, like if you get uh, like an like a, a on the spectrum diagnosis, there are options now that you didn't have before. As difficult as that is, right. that opens the door for you to now do all kinds of things like, you know, my nephew has a job and is pretty happy and he's pretty far down the line. Well, so, but the, here's the thing about that. Like, that's that's working within the system that we have. But if you think about it from, you know, if you listen to this program, you think this is the system we've come up with to determine, like, you know, to, to give people labels like you have this condition. What are those labels? How many of those labels are there? How chunky are they? How granular? And yeah, yeah, we put people into these buckets and then that leads to, as you pointed out, OK, now the system allows you to do X, Y and Z because you acquired that label. It's like. Do you even think the labels that we have are remotely close to like the right number of labels and the right kinds of labels? Right. You're you're organizing you're organizing a drawer that you bought to contain three items. So there may be times when you find yourself constraining your interest in improving your tools to the fact that you have room for three things in here. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to like underestimate it, but like I think in order to like have sanity and anything like a, a, a feeling of science, you've got to have this equivalent of like man-made laws about what constitutes this or that. And lumping things together into groups because you can't deal with every individual case individually. You have to kind of, especially when it's not something as simple as like, are you infected with this particular right. virus? There's, no, right? there's not a special, I mean, like they're probably, I mean, like what, what, what would a head doctor be literally? Like, you know, say you got a foot doctor or a yeah. head doctor. Well, there's a lot of stuff in your head. Do you do ears as well as corpus callosum? Like, what, what do you, what all do you cover? Yeah. And like ADHD is a great example because you mentioned, like, I don't have the H, even though that's in the name, but I'm in the bucket with that acronym. And by the way, what was it used to be called? Like uh, early onset kinetic exuberance or some crap or it, thing they used to it call it. It was really funny. It really like sounds ju- like juvenile kinetic something or other. I it's love like, the word kinetic. Yeah, it, yeah, is that terrific. really the same thing as today's ADHD or have they just like... Like, I don't think, you know, and it's true, true of everything. You well, have there's one kid over here who poops too much or can't poop. There's a, right. there's a kid over here who's tired all the time. And then there's this one kid, uh, let's call him Rodney. And boy, is Rodney ever a handful. He's running around. And again, you're going to hear these words about kids in particular. You're going to hear things like oppositional, like, 
you know, this kid's obdurate. This kid is not doing what I told him to do. You know, you th- again, think about the focus in, you know, he can't just go off focusing. <laughs> think about that episode of the substance, right? There are kids who are just tearing us and what do we call it? Well, he's definitely very kinetic. All right, we can use that. Carry on, I'll allow yeah. it. And like, I mean, I'm not saying this is not a thing that we should do. We have to do it. You have to make these buckets, but like trying yeah. to get the right buckets of the right size with the, with the right conditions and the right people put into them is such a difficult task. And just look at the history of any one of these buckets. When I say buckets, I mean like a diagnosis. You have ADHD. Right, 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 That's right. a bucket that people go into. That bucket didn't exist a long time ago. Yep. And I bet in 150 years, that bucket won't exist anymore and they'll be different. Maybe there'll be five new buckets. Maybe there'll be two buckets combined into one. The conditions will be different. The criteria will be different because we're always trying to do better. But like, that is the beginnings of where this goes off the rails for so many right. people. And we're not, we're not even touching on, for example, my, my pet project, uh, Trauma. Like, how do you diagnose trauma? Like, that goes to your point about almost all these things we're talking about. Just quickly in passing, a distinction that I learned when I first started working, I was doing, um, I worked at a a toxicology firm that did um, support for toxic tort litigation. So I had to pick up enough science to just know know my way around. And I, because I was summarizing depositions, usually of doctors. Um, and you know, people who thought the caulk or the carpeting caused their hair loss or their, you know, small cell carcinoma, it's like, well, no, it's probably the cigarettes, dude. This, that's really pretty well correlated with small cell carcinoma, but you learn this term, which is fascinating. We've heard the term symptoms, right? And I've, I've talked about this in my like productivity talks, like there's symptoms like doctor. I have, let's see, going with all those like side effects you hear about on cable TV. I have nausea. I have a headache. I have blurred vision. I have I don't know. I've, I've got dick dangles. Like you those go are in there. all the symptoms of placebo, though. <laughs> I know <laughs> those symptoms. Placebo. Yeah. <laughs> but you go in there, and then there's another part of that. Do you, do you know this distinction? They're called signs. And so when a doctor listens to your heart with a stethoscope, when they use the sigmomanometer to get your blood pressure, when they like put the dingus in your ear or whatever, they're looking for signs. So symptoms, as my understanding, symptoms are what we're there for, what we're complaining about, <coughs> all the things where we're saying to the doctor, doctor, these are my symptoms. But like the signs are what the doctor sees. And like if you do have an open break of your femur or you do have like uh, an arrow through your head or something even more subtle, which is like my kid just had some kind of kind of wild outburst he's never had. And we're scared about what's going on. What are the symptoms? What are the signs? Those are all going to come in. The diagnosis, I think, on some level, when we back to your map analogy, deciding what continent to start on is symptoms, right? Signs take us further. Lab test, observations, et cetera, ad nauseum, like all of those things happen. But like, just because it's sunny and looks like India doesn't mean it's India. So like, if you put that here, if you put this in South America and told people it was India, that's a very confusing way to start your journey because you're already beginning with people having to come in and like you, they give their symptoms, you take their signs and they're trying to, they're living in this context that really wasn't sensible to begin with, very constrained because this is how we treat things, which I understand. Like that's, that's how, you know, we have a success rate of any kind with people's health is that approach, but it's not completely anomalous Believe me, like almost everything I've got is hard to figure out. Title and shirt. Um, 
So, I mean, you could just stop it at ADHD, but yeah, yeah, but like, again, comorbidities. Like, I also have anxiety, which is a side effect. People think anxiety is the condition. Well, it could be, right? If you've got situational anxiety, the same way you have situational depression, but like, I mean, anxiety is a side effect of almost everything. You don't have an open break of the femur. You don't have an arrow through your skull. What you got is you're sad a lot and sometimes you yell at inappropriate times. So what continent are they going to put you on? Hope you get the good doctor. I used to say this like, it's great to go to the good school, but if you go to the good school and get the crappy teacher, you lost. What you want is the good teacher. If whatever school you go to, you hope you get the good teacher and you'll know whether or not you've got the good teacher. There's a lot of people spending $60,000 a year who have the bad teacher. There's a lot of other folks who have like some kind of folksy mechanic who can probably like fix their life. If only it was that easy with uh, the healthcare. I think these two stories are because like the first one is kind of like someone who, uh, you know, the host like didn't really have a diagnosis, but then eventually got one. But now it's starting to family, doubt His family it. was going through all like a thing and he was like not doing well in school, like on a really like mega level. Right. And and like his experience with different doctors, this doctor said this about me and did this. And this doctor said this about me and did that. And like, it just, it's not even, he's not even really sure. Like he doesn't come out of the end of it and said, in the end, what I found out was Dr. X was wrong and Dr. Y was right. And yeah, like, show, no. show me the paper. Show me the paper with this diagnosis on it. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't come out with that at all. All he knows is this is what has happened in my life so far. And this is how I feel about it. And that's really <laughs> the best most of us can do. And the second part is similar. Uh, this is what happened to me. This is what doctor said. And then eventually this doctor said that and my life changed in this way or whatever. She seems much more confident, but even she says she's, she was her, she and her story and how she told it. I mean, I'll speak for myself were utterly fascinating to me, especially how she was able to tell, I don't want to recite the whole thing and I'm already interrupting you again, but like what she does is so basically PJs is like, I used to take speed and now I don't anymore. But now let's talk to this woman who never knew she needed speed, but boy, she needed speed. She had this tumultuous home life. Her father was a doctor. Check in later, that becomes a problem. She's not, then basically they discover, I guess, a brain tumor. And they're like, you have to get a little part of your brain taken out. And after that, she had tons of problems. And didn't she say she, it wasn't until she was like 30 that she got a diagnosis that involved giving her the drug that would give her what she needs to feel alive? Wasn't she like 30? Yeah, like 34 or something. She might have been like uh, on her, she on her way to becoming a doctor. Yeah, and hearing her, those two bounce off each other because their experience is a little bit different. Here's the thing about, you know, kind of like the same thing with me talking about how uh, we think that, you know, in the past they had medicine wrong, but now we've got it right. It's very easy to listen to these two podcasts and say, here's people saying, yes, 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 here's yes, how yes. things went wrong in the past and now they've got it right. But if you take these same two people and make them do the same podcast again in 25 or 30 years, I bet they'll sound very similar. Only now the the present day will be 30 years from now. And it'll be like, oh, so I guess in that podcast 20 years ago, 30 years ago. They didn't quite have it right because maybe he'll be back on it and she'll be off yeah, it. There'll, and like, there'll, be, there'll be subtlety to understanding the territory and developing a right, better Because map. neither one of them is like, I, I've 100% got it figured out and I know exactly what I'm going to do and I'm exactly right. doing the right thing. Because that's just not the human condition. And they're honest about it and saying, I think this is the best right thing for me right now. But, you know, there are still upsides and downsides to it. And, you know, it, you can tell the story. Like everyone wants a story to be, I went through this difficulty and I came out the other side and here's what I've learned. But that that sort of assumes that like and now the time stops and nothing happens after this. And every one of us is like at every moment you could tell that same story. And we're just, you know, like that's that's what you would hope the best of healthcare is like. We're just trying to figure out what is the right thing now and what's the best we can do now. And 
let's not assume that's going to be the and, best and like, thing I'm forever. Like, I'm going to watch how this goes for me over time, right? And like, feel like if it's still addressing the thing that I need fixed. Yeah, and what new things are cropping up, and, and what, what things new are fading. Things are, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And and that's that's the difficulty of healthcare. But that's that's I think both of these podcasts were good in that you know for for all of the surety that each one of them had about their about their stories, they could still be honest and say. Like even she was saying like you know sometimes I did kind of abuse it, and sometimes I still do. But uh, net net, this is this is you know it, it, it's very easy for anyone in any in the situation to say what I'm doing now is the best thing that I figured out. Because if it wasn't, you wouldn't be doing it. You're always in a situation where well, you like think- If a person got a job because they had a certain kind of garrulous charm, like if they were a salesperson or something and like they had no problem being garrulous and charming, you wouldn't say to them, you're like abusing your power as somebody who's charismatic. It's like, I mean, like sometimes when I was taking Adderall in particular, like I would have to like think about, this is way too much for this episode. We should save this for, for later if you want to talk about it more. But like the, I would have to really figure out the clock for my day title is I would really have to think about like, okay, do I take the extended release now? Do I take the immediate release now? There's XR and IR, get different amounts. We're always kind of experimenting with that, right? And then sometimes it's like, oh, and last Friday, I forgot we're going to a rock show tonight. So you know what? I would have half an Adderall. Is that abuse? Maybe, but y'all who don't have that get to abuse a whole bunch of stuff about how you are. And if I get, if I take something of the thing that makes me feel hopefully pleasantly like myself. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of a win, but I agree with you. I agree with you. Like the map, the territory, who knows where that's going to be in years. Yeah, and also the, the woman, by the way, you mentioned already that she had part of her brain removed. Yes. To, to think that she has quote unquote, the same ADHD as people who didn't have a oh, chunk yeah. of their brain surgically removed. Like that. What, what humor <laughs> just thought think to th find her disease egg and crack to think, to th yeah. To, <laughs> <laughs> to think we we're we we're using the same label for these because the they meet the criteria sufficiently, but it's like, do they really like does person A and person B really have the same? I, at that point, John, are you done? That's the thing. It's like you did your five or six, you did your six months, et cetera. And I, I'm not trying to tell anybody how they do their job, but like, yeah, yeah, but how do you know you're done? Yeah, it, do you follow? Do you follow what I mean about that? Like, if there is a comorbidity, or like, what's your follow up for this? Or if a, or if a piece of your brain is literally missing because it was removed surgically, that's do you right. think that might have an effect on your life in some way, or do you think yeah, you're not going to miss that part of your brain? Well, and, and I hate to spoil the story, but like, there's a, there's a thing I wrote down here. I'd like to say to you in a minute. Her father was a doctor, and her father didn't think she needed to like go to the hospital. It sounds like he was in denial. Like, you Sounds know, my, like my, denial, my little girl. But it really yeah. is a bummer that then after it happened, I mean, they got divorced and he hated himself, which is, yeah, I mean, this is very much like anytime uh, you, know, you have a relationship and the child has something terribly wrong with them health wise, it's very difficult for that relationship to survive. I totally agree. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I, I don't, I don't fault any of these people, but obviously she couldn't do anything because she was just a child and she did literally have a brain tumor and it needed to be surgically removed. And that's not a great situation to be in no matter what. And so to think that, that, that she has the same ADHD as PJ vote. That's a like, really good point. Like, I'm sure you have similar symptoms and signs, but I'm going to bet that the pathology well, and causes might you, be If you different. spend your time finding the things you do have in common, it's not, it's, it's only rarely really going to come up with at least casual acquaintances. It's not going to rarely come up unless that's like your basis for a friendship. It's only going to rarely come up. Like what is real different about yours? Mm. Like, for example, this was what was funny about coming to my current shrink and whatever that was, 2000 something. And, and he was like, well, 
Do you have trouble concentrating? Do you have trouble focusing your attention? Do you do online gambling? Do you do dangerous things like motorcycle riding? Do you ever like, and he goes, yeah, you got to, <laughs> it's kind of like severance, you know, <laughs> none, none, Delaware, <laughs> none, none. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I mean, like, this is not difficult. It's, I've met you, I've talked to you, I've asked you these questions, admittedly, like a very fast thing. But like I said before, ask anyone who ever knew me if I have ADHD. And it just seems like a mean joke. Yeah, but people have different ideas in their mind when they hear ADHD. And, you know, like, just like the obvious, the ridiculous case, like yeah, OCD. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, the running around part was the primary thing that was associated with it, at least in the 80s and early 90s. The running yeah. around part was what it was for. Give your kid Ritalin and they'll stop running around. Yeah, especially when I ever hear anything about kids doing poorly in school. Like, yeah. I'm not an educator or a healthcare person, but if there was a situation where uh, a kid has a uh, is either badly behaved in school or has a sudden change in behavior, m- like if I had to bet money as an outside observer who's not an expert, I yeah. always bet on... Uh, they're being abused at home. Like if there's something bad that's, has happened to them, right? You're, I said that, I said that to Roderick the other day. Like like I don't say this anymore to like cheer my kid up, but like I I always can when they talk about this kid, I'm like that kid's got abuse or neglect at home. No, yeah, and and, and that's that's just and again that doesn't mean that we know what they have, but no, it's and, like and it so many, it's what not we're trying an to get answer at to that, anything, right? Really. Like the kid the kid doesn't have oppositional defiant disorder or, or disorder ADHD. Maybe they're sad for a reason that you don't see when you see them at school, but is completely explicable if you were to see their home life. Or maybe they do have ADHD. This might be the only, I mean, like one is like, this might, kid might be hungry, but also this might be the only place a kid can test boundaries and, and it doesn't yeah, feel like, like this, the end There's just so world. many reasons and the, these, so many the, reasons. the symptoms and the signs may all sound similar to, because to your point that you love to, to <laughs> harp on, which we'll do a future episode about, yeah. uh, the, the construct of school is such that there's a very narrow window of compliance to authority. And if you don't fall within that window, you're immediately like, we got to find out what's wrong with this kid. And it's really easy to just slap ADHD on him when really he's being sexually abused at home. And it's like, no, yes. that's not ADHD. And you go to the Brown reading group and God will sort him out. Um, just yeah. real quick, because I can wrap this up fast. Uh, the thing I, I can make this two things into one, but I just also want to point out, you know, one of the reasons I love X-Men numerous, numerous reasons. I love X-Men. I bought my first X-Men comic in so long again today. Um, X-Men Blue. I heard it's good. Origins. Um, it's got Sheen Gray. You know, Kitty Pride, who is in contention for my all-time favorite X-Man, X-Men. Um, like, you know, it's basically, it's not even like hardly just hinted that like she's this 13-year-old Jewish girl in Chicago. She started getting her period and now weird stuff is happening. It's so great. It's so ultimately kind of Beverly Cleary, not Beverly Cleary, um, who wrote, uh, God, it's me, Margaret. Um, but Judy Bloom, like very, very sort of Judy Bloom of like, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 13 year old, you know, perspicacious Jewish ballet dancer girl from Chicago. And I've gotten my period. That's the subtext to me. And now I, the, I phase through the floor and land in the living room. It's horrible. The thing about being an X-Men is like, it's horrible. There's like, you do not want to be Glob Herman. You don't want to be Wolverine. You don't want to be, you don't really want to be any of those people. And when do mutants get their powers? They get it around puberty. It's pretty consistent. I don't know if that's changed in canon, but that's why Kitty Pride is the first one, one of my absolute favorite fantastic characters. So, so richly drawn and she's got a dragon, but like also like she is such an interesting use case of like with the other Marvel comics, we meet Peter Parker when he's a teenager, for example, right? And now we're meeting an X-Men who is like, 
having that onset and they really need to be shepherded into, you know, over to Gray Malkin Lane, right? And I think that really resonates with me and I'll tell you why. There's no pause button in life. And boy, have I ever realized that in the last two weeks. There is no universal pause button apart from your final pause button, which is ultimately the stop button. And that is so, uh, so it's so present in your mind when you're going through it, whatever it is that you're going through is that, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's, you get this, this like miserable feeling and the world continues to accumulate existential debt on your behalf. Like, you know, it could just be stuff like, you know, dumb stuff, but like the work stuff, whatever it is, but like, let's not pretend that any of us have the ability to ultimately hit pause for however long it takes to let you settle, to figure out what your deal is, to treat it, to get whatever adjunct or occupational therapy then helps you integrate that in a wholesome way into your life. There is no pause button for doing something that takes, if you just did it on its own, two years, right? In, in my case, like there's just massive things that I've had to deal with in the last two weeks with my health. It's mostly going okay, mostly. Um, but, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's me. It's not you, so don't worry about it. But like, it's, it's all, all I think about. It's like all I do all day. Today, my day was get my second blood draw in three days and then work with uh, several different providers to try and get tests from the blood draw that I had on Saturday. I have to manage all of these people. I'm doing it all through this goddamn app. Um, there's no pause button, John. And I think that's something to keep in mind, especially for young people is like, think about what, how you are the thrown to the wolves of puberty, as you put it. Like when you're, when you're a little kitty pride and like you're having thoughts that are intrusive, you don't get to just hit pause. You still got to go to ballet class. I just wanted to bring that up because it's, it's just, I just mainly want people to keep that in mind when you're dealing with somebody who's dealing with something, you don't need to be, it, it would be nice if you were kind to them, but you don't need to be their only person they talk to you about and the person, their, their health lawyer, but just be aware of that. And, and, and perhaps in this season, ending this season of giving, be kind to each other about when somebody does need a pause, needs to hit pause might be to keep them from needing to have somebody hit stop. And it's important. And like, just have, have uh, humanity, uh, empathy, sympathy for, the, for people who are going through that. And especially young people. We oughtn't punish people. We oughtn't yell at young people because they're not doing things to think the way we think they should. Just listen to this week's Roderick. It might be our best episode. We talked about this. But I just want to say that to you, John. Do you have any thoughts on that? You've deal, you're dealing, you deal with this constantly in the sense of like, look at the refrigerator that led to our, be our best episode, preparing the way. Um, there was no pause button for that, right? Don't try to define me. I don't, you don't know that as our best episode. It's a beloved episode. It beloved is a beloved characters. episode. I feel like there's a lot of um, chatter about it, a lot of positive, a lot of buzz mm -hmm. a lot, about lot, it. A lot of good buzz, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that part of what you deal with too, though, is like what I call would call compression. And like, you don't just get to go like, okay, I'm taking one of my three timeouts. Like everybody has to like, just support me for four days. Now imagine doing that for the amount of time it takes to get diagnosed with ADHD and to get treatment for it. That is a year of school. Very likely. That might be eighth grade. <laughs> 
can you even imagine that? I don't have to deal with that. I can actually pause time and do uh, whatever I want. And then I just resume exactly where I left off. You have like a rewind pendant or how, do you, how are you able to do Yeah, No, that? it's just a pause button. I think there was, it wasn't like a bad Adam Sandler movie without he had like a Yeah, I think there was. Yeah, I, but like, you won't tell me how you track your to-dos. You call it your, uh, your, your stack or what do you call it? Your pile? Yeah. Your, your secret name for the secret place. I'm guessing it's probably BBI. I've got, I've got notes documents with to-dos in them. Right, I, use, right. I use my email inbox as a queue, which I know you endorse. Yes, absolutely. Queue <laughs> um, up, in it. Now yeah. you, though, uh, you've got an actual button, and then that enables, now is that something that stops just, is it like the TARDIS? Um, I mean, not in the sense of the chameleon circuit, but in the sense of like, you know, translating and stuff. When you hit that button, does it begin immediately and go out in concentric, concentric circles? Or is it a more psionic attack? And we'll kind of vary it. No, time cover. pauses everywhere across the entire universe instantly. That's how it works. The entire universe. Yeah, it's just like pausing the simulation. So people going down said, on Beetlejuice. too much. Okay, all right. I think you kind of have. I think you need to be in a different state. And uh, I would like you to grow a big, bushy mustache. And I also would like to participate in your new... <laughs> Well, like, was it Ward name. McAllister? You want me to get a Ward McAllister mustache? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? To to quote, I, I want to say Tim Gunn. That's a lot of look. Yeah. You know, and and boy, are you caught up? No, I just, I just we haven't started season two yet. Oh, you're on season to, one again. All right, fine. Yeah, we just I've watched season one twice now. I love Mr. McAllister. And I love mm -hmm. how much he sounds like somebody doing an impression of Kim's face. I, I noticed on my second watch through of season one, I noticed something I didn't watch the first time, which was that uh, the ladies are all gathered around at some point in the middle of the season. And somebody said something about some woman going off and being alone with Mr. McAllister. And another <laughs> lady said, another lady said, well, if she did do that, she'd be as safe as houses or something similar. Something I similar. Bet, you know what I'll bet? I'll bet that was Mrs. Fish. Because Mrs. Fish is a pistol. But when she said that, that was, I didn't, I didn't notice this the first time through, but the second time through, I noticed here are the ladies acknowledging that they know homosexuality exists. Well, that's, I, I went through that with season one, it's gotta be season one. So you've gotten to like stuff with Oscar, right? I've watched season one. Why is this so hard for you to understand? I don't, you get so mad when I talk about things, but like. I don't want you to tell me about season two. I, mm. Oscar's a good, good character. Oh, also, Oscar, what did you see Oscar on? He's on the <laughs> Oscar is in the crown, too. I was like, He's, hey. You see, him, you see him pop up in the crown? I've called the, the kid Secret in. Brit. Stupid secret. <laughs> he has a beautiful voice. Yeah, my kid loves Oscar. Is a, yeah, now, and now once you know the secret Brit, you go back and you listen to their American accent, and you're like, hmm. Do you appreciate now that, that image I posted of uh, Oscar walking around with, not Turner, not Armstrong, Turner walking around with Turner and they look so much like Miyazaki villains, him, especially yeah. with those glasses. He no, looks like yeah, the guy in castle in the sky. <laughs> absolutely. They absolutely do. Yeah. But no, the, in the first time I watched it, I, I was like, they went through this whole season and not a single one of the adults acknowledged that they even knew that homosexuality existed. It I'm becomes like, oh, but they important. Did. Like, and, and like, it comes down to like miss, um, you know, the girl, Meryl Streep's daughter, miss, um, what's her name? Uh, I don't, I've lost my Brooke, brain. Miss Brooke. Miss Brooke and Cynthia Nixon were like, I keep thinking there's going to be a moment where they're going to have like a three levels deep conversation. You know, just to like between them go like, you know, the thing, you know, we love Oscar. Oh yeah, we love Oscar. 
Yeah, we love no, Oscar. I mean, I, I, we love, I totally we love understand Oscar how he is, right? Yeah, we love I totally Oscar understand them not seeing it in an Oscar, but it's clear that they see it in Ward McAllister because how could you not? And it did. It's nice that you see that because obviously, I mean, I haven't seen season two, but surely, surely the conflicts they set up in season one will continue in season two. So I'm sure <laughs> something things will develop. You'd be amazed how much drama there was about an opera house. Yeah. No, don't spoil it for me. I've told I've told this story, and I, I did I just, they actually build Lincoln Center? Don't tell me. <laughs> Lincoln Center. No, 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 no. They, they, yeah, Lincoln hadn't died yet. No, this is 1882. So, mm-hmm. uh, never mind. I don't need to tell the anecdote. Uh, but, you know, we were cleaning up in 1985. Me and my friend Sam helping his dad clean up after a Christmas party. His dad's had a few drinks. I told you the story, but it's a good story. And, um, and Sam kind of gives me like the eye, uh, you know, like I'm going to talk to my dad about something, so be ready. And he goes, hey, so, um, um, Nick, um, what, what's going on with Nick? Sam says to his dad, Nick is, is, is the guy who does, who's the interior designer, the interior decorator who beautifully did the entire families, all of their houses, all of their vacation houses, their house in Boca. Like the, he did it all. Nick did it all. He was very, very talented. And, you know, now we start using euphemisms. He seemed like what we used to call a confirmed bachelor. And, and Sam's dad's like, well, what do you mean? Like how? He goes, well, like, you know, do you think, do you think Nick is, uh, you know, gay? And Sam's dad said, if he's not, he's missing his best bet. And I think that's, I still think that's one of the funniest things I ever heard somebody say. I feel that way about Mr. McAllister. I love, I love him he's how not he missing is. His bet, bet. He's not missing it at all. Not what? He's not missing it at all. Uh, I wouldn't say I missed it. Yeah, that's a different one. <laughs> Michael Bolton. 